MMR's Preston C podcast is brought to you by Acme. Get more from your store with Acme's Fresh Pass program. Acme Markets. Fresh food, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Thursday, the 12th day of January. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, a Philadelphia woman was wrongfully charged with a crime in Texas after a case of mistaken identity prompted her arrest. A Texas district attorney office dismissed the charges against the woman, and Philadelphia police told NBC10 on Wednesday they requested that she be released from custody. The woman spent nearly a week in jail after being wrongfully arrested for a Texas crime due to a case of this mistaken identity. The ordeal began uh, with a shoplifting incident at a sports store in Webster, Texas back in May of last year. Webster police identified the suspect as a woman named Julie Hudson. A surveillance photo of the suspect looked similar to social media images of a 31-year-old PhD student from Philadelphia who was also named Julie Hudson. Hudson, who was unaware she was uh, mistakenly identified as a shoplifting suspect, soon found herself repeatedly being denied jobs. Mm. Uh, She then found out that she had a criminal record. When Hudson visited Philadelphia, uh, a Philadelphia police station to find Find out why she was arrested while she was there, what? placed in custody on January 5th in connection with the theft in Texas. Wow. Yeah. And then spent a week in jail Jesus. because of it. One of my one of my fears is being uh, now, she, you know, this is going to be clear and everything, but being uh, wrongfully prosecuted. It's just I don't know why. Well, it's the it, stuff of nightmares. It totally. Yeah. Yes. You, yeah. You are you are fully innocent and confused as to why. You are being held for whatever reason it may be, and nobody's nobody believes you. you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my my uncle's an attorney, and uh, for a while he uh, worked with his clients were on death row, and he had somebody who did not commit the crime. He said, "I knew one hundred percent this guy didn't commit the crime," um, but they didn't have the evidence, and so the best that they could do was get him life in prison instead of the death penalty. So, and it was for something that the guy didn't do, and it ended that way. And, like he's still in jail. Uh, you know what? I I'm not sure. I actually I should ask him. They. Okay. I think, I think that they did eventually get him out. Wow! It's like that scene in The Naked Gun when he's going through the files. And he goes, "Oh, he was, oh. yeah, he was in it." There's that <laughs> Frank. He died eight years ago. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Uh, So after her arrest, Hudson's family reached out to law enforcement in both Texas and Philadelphia to get her out. Hudson proved she was working during the time of the robbery. She's now contemplating taking legal action. Was there any chance they would have sent her back to Webster or would they have sent her to Gary Coleman? (laughs) (laughs) A man was rescued in Allentown after he became trapped in a trench collapse for more than eight hours. The incident started at 2 o'clock yesterday near West Gordon and North Fulton Streets. Two men were working when the trench collapsed. One worker made it out, the other became trapped in the dirt up to his neck. The captain of the Allentown Fire Department said they were worried about hypothermia, so the trench was heated. They monitored the atmosphere of the air quality in the trench. The worker was under paramedics care the entire time and was given fluids and general pain medication while he was trapped. That's my irrational fear, Preston, getting trapped. Like uh, claustrophobia would kick in, like getting buried alive or something like that, but never. Never, never, never. Nick, that's so, um, you know, they, uh, when you're a kid, obviously they're building, you know, uh, new, new houses oh, in the area. Yeah. Like we had a whole construction site at the end of our oh, block. That's a playground. And right. So, but you, you go down into ditches a lot, yeah. not thinking, okay, this could easily bury me instantly and no oh. one would know. Yeah. Yeah. So, when they were building the Blue Route, like we were on there and there were mounds and mounds of. <laughs> Of loose dirt that we played sure. on. This, and, oh. It's got to be safe, right? Yeah. Oh, sure. 
<clears throat> the man was pulled to safety uh, just after 10.15. So he, he was there from 2 o'clock in the afternoon until t- uh, just after 10.15. It's unclear if he suffered any injuries, but officials say that he was taken to Lehigh Valley Medical Crest, uh, Medical, sorry, Lehigh Valley Cedar Crest Hospital to be evaluated. First Lady Jill Biden underwent an outpatient procedure at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center on Wednesday to remove a small lesion above her right eye that was found to be cancerous. All cancerous tissues were successfully removed and the margins were clear of any residual skin cancer cell. White House physician Dr. Kevin O'Connor said in a memo. The physician also noted that during the pre-op examination an additional area of concern was identified on the left side of her chest which was consistent with potential basal cell carcinoma and was also removed. O'Connor said basal uh, carcinoma cells don't tend to metastasize as other skin cancers do. As anticipated, the First Lady is experiencing some facial swelling and bruising but is in good spirits and feeling well, O'Connor said. The lesion was discovered during a routine skin cancer screening and doctors recommended it protectively be removed. In sports this morning. The Flyers beat the Washington Capitals 5-3 last night in South Florida. Travis Konechny had a hat trick and now has points in 10 straight games, the longest active streak in the NHL. Owen Tippett and Scott Lawton also scored. The Flyers now have won six of their last seven games. Over the last few games, the Flyers coaching staff banned iPads on the bench so players are focused on the next shift <laughs> rather than reviewing the last one. They've it's, taken away their screens. I mean, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah they did. The, the, the players had iPads? Well, you, could re- you could go back to the bench and review a, a previous play, usually in a stoppage. Right. Uh, and, but, uh, and so a lot of teams in the NHL do this. The Flyers coach staff said, we don't want our players looking at these plays anymore. They took them away, and now they're focused on what's going on on the ice. No screen time. No, no screen, screen time. time. Screen time, boys. Yep. And eat your vegetables. The two yep. teams play each other again on Saturday in Washington. The puck will drop at 7 o'clock. The Sixers, who have won five out of their last six games to improve to fourth place in the Eastern Conference, are at home tonight with a game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock. Eagles kicker Jake Elliott was named the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. On Sunday, he had a career-high five field goals and is just the second Eagles kicker to make two 50-plus yard field goals in a game. Wow. Elliott has the most 50-plus yard field goals in Eagles history and has made eight of his last nine field goals from 50 yards or more. And after more than nine days in two hospitals, Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin was discharged from Buffalo General Medical Center, the team announced yesterday, after going through a series of comprehensive medical evaluations as well as a series of cardiac, neurological, and vascular testing. Hamlin is now back in his home in Buffalo with family. Hamlin will continue his rehabilitation at home and with the Bills. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you very much, Kathy. Welcome to Thursday morning. We're happy to be with you once again. We do have some things that are taking place on this program as we like to have something planned every day. We do have a guest, and he's one of our favorites, David Tell. Love David Tell. going to be on the show. Crying uh, out loud. Later today, uh, around 9 o'clock, he'll be joining us. He's going to be at Helium Comedy Club, but it's next week, next Thursday. He's uh, doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. <laughs> but only Thursday has some tickets remaining. Uh, the 9.30 p.m. show, so they're going to they're gonna go. Uh, so we'll check in with uh, Dave around 9 o'clock this morning. You can go to heliumcomedy.com to get the tickets and information. Uh, also a reminder, Cardboard Classic registration is in its active now, and you can sign up and get your sled registered. All the details at WMMR.com. It is not too late 
To create a no, sled. To no. come up with a concept and have one ready to go by then. Even if this is your first time out, we'd love to see you there. It's our first time at uh, Montage Mountain yeah. near Scranton. And uh, Mountain Fest is taking place as well. Everclear is going to be performing uh, 5 o'clock that evening after the Cardboard Classic. Fireworks, bonfires. Yeah, then that's the next day. Yeah. The next night on Saturday is when uh, Lit and also Fuel Play. And then they're going to have the fireworks show. And they have this uh, skiing Huge. across the water thing. It's a whole new uh, avenue of entertainment for us at uh, Cardboard Classic, so we're looking forward to this. Uh, but it's it's ready to go, and in fact, you can text the word cardboard to 39333. We'll send you a link to all the details, so we are hoping that you're going to do that and hoping that you're going to be a part of that event. Uh, in the meantime, we'll go through some stories and things. We'll get back with the entertainment news. Man, we had a, lost a rock legend yesterday. Uh, Jeff Beck died, unfortunately. I have some of the details and uh, some stories about that, and we'll come back in a second. And that wasn't supposed to happen. That was my fault. Uh, so what we'll do is we will... What's that? Wrap it up, buddy. Wrap it up. All right, I'm sorry. I'm done. I need you to stop talking. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Uh, so... I need you to stop talking. All right, so if I hit this button and bring this up... There we go. So we'll come back in a second. Uh, some other entertainment stories and super question when we get back. Stay put. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Everyone loves a smart investment, and there is no better place to put your money right now than in your home. And Window Nation has the perfect offer for anyone with a home at least 20 years old. Protect and increase the value of your home and energy efficiency by installing new windows from Window Nation. Window Nation is making it insanely easy to do so with 0% interest for five years. Plus, Window Nation will give you two windows free with every two you purchase. 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com and tell them Preston and Steve sent you. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, we're going to ask a stupid question of you, see if you know the answer, and we are going to give away as a prize a four-pack of tickets to the Philadelphia Auto Show, which is starting on the 28th and goes through February 5th. So the question I have for you this morning is, what movie holds the record for the most weeks at number one at the box office? Oh. All time, 215-263-WMMR. What movie uh, holds the record for most weeks at number one at the box office. I assume that means in the U.S. Yes. Uh, but uh, I've got the answer right here. Let's see if you can get it. Could be one, Singapore. Uh, 215-263-WMMR. It's definitely not Singapore. No, it's, not. it's here in the United States. All right, I'm going to go through some birthdays while we're waiting for your answer today. Being the 12th day of January, uh, uh, Christiane Amanpour. Yes. Journalist. Yes. Is 65 years old today. Been around forever. I would expand on that, but I don't really know much about uh, Christiane M. Nippor, other than it's a difficult name. She has her own line of BB guns, which you probably know her from. M. Nippor. A line of BB guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for her. Crossman? or uh, Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, Then we have uh, the amazing Kreskin, uh, who turns 88 years old today, a magician and mentalist throughout the years. Always loved him. Uh, We also have Zach De La Roja, Ah. lead singer of Rage Against the Machine. Uh, and he celebrates his uh, 53rd birthday today. He's just a little guy, right? He's he's kind of yeah, tiny, intense, yeah, very much so. Yeah, man. I don't know. You know, it's it's wild. I don't know how singers like that can scream on the microphone the way they do for hours on end and, and not and have it ruin their career and be able to do it night after night. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. But uh, and you, you know what's wild about that that first album? I think I, it was in the. Um, 
uh, the Dave Grohl documentary of the the studio. Sun, what was it, Sun City? Uh, no, no. Uh, Sun. Sound City. Sound City. But anyhow, they came in and I believe they recorded their first album um, live. Like they just, they all played together. So generally, I don't doubt it. generally yeah. in the studio, each person plays their part. They have a track and right. so the, the tracks are nice and clean. They can mix it. But I think there were people hanging out, friends of theirs, and just sitting all in the studio together while they played this. I think I remember that from the documentary. If that's the case... That's pretty badass, yeah, man. Uh, so, Zach De La Roca turns 53 years old today. Uh, Heather Mills. Ah. Landmine Crusader. Had her leg blown off. That's right. <laughs> and then still managed to dance on Dancing with the Stars. It was Crazy. incredible. I mean, it shot from London to uh, to France, it actually, her leg. <laughs> and then everyone saw her underpants. Stepped on a landmine, oh yes. <laughs> I saw London. I saw <laughs> France. I, I saw, saw Heather Mills' underpants. <laughs> When her leg was blown off by a landmine. No, yeah. her leg was not blown off by a landmine. No. I thought it was. She does have a prosthetic leg, and she's an anti-landmine crusader. And uh, She I lost just, her leg in, a, I think it was a motorcycle accident. I put two and two together and thought she stepped on a landmine, had her leg blown God damn, I didn't like that. I'm going to fight these things now. Uh, she's Paul McCartney's ex-wife, and yeah. she's uh, 55 years old today. It's Rob Zombie's birthday. Rob Zombie turns 58 years old. One of the great yep. losses, I think, is he was so excited to do that Broad Street Bullies movie. Oh, yeah. And it was moving ahead on it, and then it came to a screeching halt. We had him here in the studio yeah. when he essentially announced that it was happening, yeah. and he was excited about it. And then, as does happen in Hollywood quite a bit, the project fell apart. Is his Munsters movie... <sighs> Basically, his Broad Street Bullies movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched some of it. I couldn't get through it either. I didn't really like it. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's too bad because our buddy Daniel's in the movie. And he's great. He plays Grandpa, yeah. but I just it, it just didn't grab me. No, and know. it's a hard thing to do because you you know I know what I wanted from a Monsters movie, and I wasn't yeah. quite there. Uh, it's Rob Zombie, fifty eight years old today. Uh, Oliver Platt, I love that guy. He's great. Uh, he has a birthday as well. He is uh, sixty three years old. Uh, anything from Indecent Proposal to uh, Time to Kill to Flatliners, Doctor Do- Doolittle. What movie? Flatliners. Flatliners. Yep, going way back. Chef <laughs> as the food critic. Oh my God, he's great. Yeah. Yeah. He is great in that. Uh, it was <laughs> when when uh, um, uh, what's his name? Who's the lead in that? Um, John Favreau is just unloading on him. He's just sitting there looking at him in the restaurant. It's wonderful. He is 63 today. That's a great movie. And then the last birthday, a buddy of ours, Mr. Claude Giroux. Ah. He turns 35 years old today, uh, playing in Ottawa nowadays, but his heart is always in Philadelphia. Just the nicest guy. Actually... Uh, we received some sort of award or accolade, and he oh, yeah. he uh, he was the presenter. He agreed to come down and, and he, do that. It was he, pretty. He was very nervous to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He was not uh, well, very think, comfortable. Uh, you meet people like us, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, English is <laughs> English is not his first language. He he learned a lot of English while he was playing here, and but you know, speaking in front of crowds, he, he had a hard time with, and so he um, decided to do that because. He liked uh, our show, and I think still likes our show. I text with him every now and then. He's a good dude. Yeah, he is a good guy. He and I, uh, one of my favorite moments was the, the bowl-off with him and Casey. Oh, that was terrific. <laughs> cha- it, was, it was Claude's charity event, and then we had this spotlight. Like, everybody <laughs> oh, stopped what they were doing. All these Flyers players, <laughs> oh. all these fans showed up, and everybody and they, they everybody quit bowling, and just two lanes, one actually one lane, one lane. was going, and it was just Casey and Claude, and they faced off. Here's the deal. And Claude I just squeaked. Yes. Wow. I didn't play bad. 
uh, he just played very well. Yeah. All right. you know, it he's was so great. competitive, though, man. Like, yeah, anything that any any type of competition uh, he takes seriously, including just a fun little bowling game with Casey. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Wait, and did that just happen because like it, it wasn't planned? We, it, yeah, it we had happened. a bowl off, and I can't remember what he would win if he won. But if I were to win, he was going to play street hockey with like the kids in my that's neighborhood. That's right. Yep. That's right. And then he said he would do it anyway, even though he won. He didn't. And he never did. He but, never did. But, but that wasn't the evening where you. You, no, that wasn't good luck. No, oh, All right, no, no, that was uh, a different thing. But I will say, and what I'll never forget is freaking Zach Ronaldo. He was like, he was like in a, uh, uh, like a, he was, I, I don't know, like a raised area, and he was razzing me. I was like, come <laughs> on, Zach Ronaldo. <laughs> So happy birthday, oh. G. We hope you're doing well, man. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to the super question. What movie holds the record for the most weeks at number one in the box office of all time? And we will go to Chris and see if we can get an answer. Hey, Chris, good morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, all right, so what movie is uh, it holds the record for number one in the box office? E.T. E.T. is correct, hey! sir. Yes, that is correct. Harry Ballsack, Harry, Harry Ballsack. <laughs> Harry Ballsack, Harry, Harry Ballsack. <laughs> I didn't know you were a fan of that song. That's how we greet each other. On oh, my okay. Yeah. Uh, so hang on the line. Chris, we just got you a family four-pack of tickets to the 2023 Philadelphia Auto Show, January 28th through February 5th. At the PA Convention Center, it's over 30 indoor vehicles in motion at Camp Jeep E-Track. And for the first time ever, uh, the Ram Track as well. You can experience the ride. Tickets at uh, phillyautoshow.com. All right, we're going to... I didn't want to save this for music news. And besides, there is a uh, uh, an actor tie-in to this. But it was... Uh, I, I was just... I was heartbroken to see that Jeff Beck died yesterday, and I was like a like a medium Jeff Beck fan, but it's just still kind of stung. Well, I always Jeff Beck had so many. He was a chameleon, you know, and he yeah. was, he would apply him, his incredible talent to so many other artists. And I yeah. and there's so many there are things that I, I agree with you, Preston. Like I would never go, oh, I'm going to put on some Beck, but I would I would be. I love stuff that he has done. Yeah. Stuff that he's made better. Amazing. 78 years old, and he died from bacterial meningitis. And it came on very quickly. Out of left field. Yeah. Uh, This is a great song, Freeway Jam. This is when Jeff, uh, you know, he was in the Yardbirds, and and, uh, at at some point in his career, uh, once he was kicked out of that band, actually, uh, he started to segue into more jazz fusion. And there was a great documentary about him, and it changed his world. When he realized that he loved this type of music yeah. and, he, and he could express himself more in this music, he, he he ditched rock and roll, and he went this way, and he didn't care. He just loved doing it, and it, it satisfied him immensely, and he became incredibly successful at it, too. Well, the thing also is that when what he picked up at this time when he reapplied it to rock made it that much tastier. Yeah, Jimmy Page, uh, you know, his former bandmate, sort of, with the Yardbirds, um, said a while back that Jeff Beck's influence cannot be overstated. He said he was been instrumental in, pi- in a pioneering a whole blueprint that was totally unique for him, for everyone else to learn from. He said, I mean, no one ever equaled what Jeff's done, but he's really shifted the whole sound and face of the electric uh, guitar music. Uh, let's play a couple of other uh, clips. Yeah, where do you want me to go? I have a bunch here. Let's play. Uh, here's some Yardbirds. Okay. Uh, this is the shape of Wow. I haven't heard this song in ages. Forever. And... 
not only with that group, but, uh, you know, he played with uh, Rod Stewart for a while on a few albums. And uh, let's play a little bit of People Get Ready because that yeah. is one of my all-time favorite Such songs. Such a great guitar solo in this song. And he's got an extended gar- guitar solo yeah. in the song, which is great. And then, uh, Casey, scroll down to uh, Infatuation, because okay. I just really loved this song. It's a little more up-tempo than that, but with Rod Stewart as well. Yeah, I think when um, this song came out, when People Get Ready came out, uh, I was maybe too young to appreciate what was going on around, uh, on in the background. Do you understand? Yeah, no, uh, that you, you you always looked at the fun person, mm-hmm. and uh, but but like for example, even in the video for People Get Ready, which is the Curtis Mayfield great great song, yeah. um, you, you see Beck, you know, uh, playing, and he's he's uh, it's just a wonderful video. Yeah, but yeah, it, it, that's, there's a lot of that's what a guy with that, his abilities can do. Well, it's it's kind of like uh, you know with uh, the Chili Peppers, it's like right now there's a uh, like tip my tongue. No, no, no. Black Summer, like, uh, you just hear, like, the way Anthony Kiedis sings, and you're maybe not paying attention to what yeah. Fashante's doing in the background. And, yeah. and it's the same thing with, with, with Jeff Beck. Just wasn't, I wasn't old enough to really pay attention sure. to, like, the beauty of the music behind Rod Stewart's voice. Yeah, it's always fun, especially, even if it's songs you've listened to for ages, if you go back, and, and it, it really works out if they're considered greats and classics, if you focus in on just one instrument and listen to it the entire song that way, just listening to that instrument, it'll open up a whole new appreciation if you just pay attention to the bass or maybe the guitar line or the drum part. And, um, and it's just, it's wonderful how it all comes together to make this really great piece of art. Sometimes you can find, and I know Preston, we, we are, are, are fans of a few people who uh, take songs and break them down and explain why they are great. A couple of uh, YouTube channels yeah. where the, uh, the artists will do that. It gives you extra perspective on what makes a song great. Oh, there's a guy named Rick Beato. Oh, right? I love him. Yeah, he does love a terrific him. job with that. I wonder if he's ever done any Jack Beck, uh, Jeff Beck songs. I have to Probably. look into it, yeah. Now, here's something I did not know until this morning, is that Jeff Beck played the slide guitar part on Blaze of Glory from Bon Jovi. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that either. Never knew that. That's him. I, I just thought it was Richie Sambora. So he could be a gun for hire uh, uh, for certain things from time to time. Uh, we have a clip of him talking about building his first guitar. Let's play that clip. Here we go. I think it was a piece of picture frame molding for the neck. And then I found some scraps of, of um, plywood, just a very thin eighth ply. And uh, so then I gradually worked out a violin. You know, I thought, okay, because uh, I didn't have any other guitar to judge with. You know, I'd only seen pictures. So I didn't know anything about the scale of the frets how they were supposed to be spaced. I painted them on. They were just painted on, like, white lines on, on this, this piece of molding. What did it sound like? Terrible. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody texted and he's playing the guitar solo on uh, the new Ozzy song, uh, Patient Number 9. Yeah. That's right. Wow. And also Superstition. Wow. What an amazing guitarist. Well, he and, and Johnny Depp... Uh, remember, they, they got together and made an album, uh, or, or Johnny was partnered on this. It was called 18. They uh, mixed new originals with covers by the likes of John Lennon, the Beach Boys, Dennis Wilson, Marvin Gaye, and so on. 
Um, and Johnny was apparently by his side when he died. That's uh, what I heard. They were that close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, source also said there were other rock stars in attendance. I haven't heard who or anything of that nature yet. Uh, but a source said they had a really, he and Johnny had a really tight friendship, and they were extremely close. He got even closer over this past summer when they were touring together, and apparently Johnny's you know, obviously uh, destroyed. Well, you remember he, he, it was just a couple months ago, he was joining um, back on stage, Johnny Depp was, you yep. know, and, and, and playing in concert. Yep. Uh, so, uh, by the way, uh, with uh, bacterial meningitis, um, if you don't know what that is, it's an affliction of the brain and spinal cord via the bloodstream. Specifically, it's an infection that can cause immense pressure in those regions and essentially attack the surrounding membranes, and it can lead to severe illness and even death. And unfortunately, it, it happens quickly and without much warning. Uh, so there there are some symptoms like, uh, you know, headaches, confusion, fever, rashes, sore neck is another thing they look for. Uh, but apparently, it once it gets a hold, it can move very, very quickly, and that's what happened. Yeah. I, I was not aware. Terrible news. I'm sure Pierre's going to uh, musically pay a tribute uh, to Jeff Beck later on today. So uh, we'll hear that. Uh, I have some other things to get to. After pleading not guilty to felony burglary charges back in October, the flash star Ezra Miller has entered a guilty plea for a lesser charge of trespassing after being accused of stealing three bottles of liquor, gin, vodka, and rum, from the pantry of, Stamf- of a Stamford, Vermont neighbor, Isaac Wincor. Uh, Miller's change of plea hearing is this Friday. Uh, Miller, whose uh, Flash movie arrives in theaters on June 16th, had quite a 2022, as we know. We covered uh, a bit of it. Ton of stuff. Uh, dust-ups and other questionable actions as well. Uh, he reportedly had a successful sit-down in the fall uh, with Warner Brothers uh, motion picture chairs uh, Michael DeLuca and Pamela Adby uh, to apologize for all the legal and media spotlight that their behavior caused. And it's not been decided yet by new D.C. bosses James Gunn or Peter Safran what the future of The Flash is. Deadline has heard from sources, though, who've attended test screenings that the movie is as riveting as last year's billion-dollar smash Spider-Man No Way Home in its multiverse approach. So it's supposed to be really good. Its audience testing is great. Um, and you have Andy Machado, who, you know, did the uh, um, uh, uh, It uh, you know, he's and he's, oh, okay. he's a really competent director. So Miller has uh, has sat down with the, the higher ups, uh, and Miller also issued a statement apologizing for all this and saying that they realize that there's something, there's some mental illness, okay. there and that they need to get treatment. So it'll be wild if they if they <laughs> stick with him, considering all this stuff, because it's not just the booze. There are other charges against him as well, are there not? Uh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, besides... Human the, trafficking, right? Yeah. Theft, yeah, there was uh, harassment, uh, allegations of sexual abuse, and things like that. So, yeah, hopefully they get the uh, the, the treatment, and we'll see where the, uh, uh, where the legal issues go. Uh, ads for Demi Lovato's Holy F album <laughs> has been banned in the U.K. for being blasphemous. Be- blasphemous? Uh, after posters, is from the posters... Uh, of uh, Lovato and full body bondage laying on a bed that's shaped like a crucifix, or it's like like a, uh, a cross, uh, started popping up in London. England's Advertising Standards Authority got involved. According to the publication, uh, The Drum, it was too offensive to Christians and considered inappropriate for children. Uh, the regulator stated that linking sexuality to the sacred Christian symbol as well as the crucifixion of Jesus would cause serious offense to members of the religious group. Uh, Humanist UK is challenging the rulings, staying, uh, stating that the decision was unacceptable, stifling the right to freedom of expression. So we'll see where that ends up going. I've not seen pictures of it yet. Oh yeah, we're looking at it's it. It's not. Now, so. uh, it's not. It's not so bad. Yeah. It's not, yeah. Yeah. It's just 
Yeah. It's meant to cause a little bit of um, controversy and talk. Hubbub. Uh, The SAG Awards have uh, found a new home at Netflix. You guys um, get your... (laughs) Screening copies yet? The the big thrill of getting advanced screener copies has diminished dramatically with them releasing stuff to streaming... Like uh, in me? two weeks anyway. Yeah. Yeah. There are some services I don't have though. Right. Uh, yeah, so, that's true. Uh, occasionally, Steve, I'll get stuff. I know you have every service. Because I'm a moron. Yeah, but uh, so there'll be stuff that I'll that I will get that we've talked about even and yeah. that I haven't gotten around to watching yet. But last year we were still getting DVDs. I was like, I don't. Where do I even play this? I don't know. If you, do you have a Blu-ray player? <laughs> no. Uh, you don't even have a DVD player at no. all. No. Oh. No, that uh, takes up room. I have <laughs> one that hasn't been used in a long time. <laughs> Kath, what I about use mine all the time? It's a Blu-ray player, but yeah, I have yeah. Blu-ray yeah. players. Yeah, I got rid of like. Like, I have no cable box. I have nothing. Like, it's just... No Xbox, PS4, 5, and like that? Yeah, well, you can play them in those. Yeah. You, oh, you can play... Uh, yes, no, you can. No, I, no, we don't. He has a gaming computer. <laughs> oh, really? That? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, anyway, uh, so for the upcoming 29th Annual Screen Actors Guild Awards, Netflix will be broadcasting the winners live on their YouTube channel February 26th, starting at... Uh, starting in 2024, the ceremony will then be available to stream live around the world on Netflix itself. To be honest, it'd be great if they took a number of these award shows and yeah. put them on secondary streamers. They Does might. Netflix have anything that streams live? Um, I don't oh. think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. So this will be the first. I want to yeah, say yeah. there was one event that did happen, and yeah. I forgot what it was, Nick, but I Not remember fest. seeing it, and it seemed uh, to be a bit of an anomaly, and I don't okay. remember what it was. I don't think it was NotFest. Uh, Emily in Paris star Ashley Park and The White Lotus Season 2's Haley Lou Richardson announced this year's nominees on Wednesday, yesterday. Uh, Everything, uh, everywhere, all at once. And the Banshees of Inchirin lead the film nominees, uh, scoring five SAG nominations, each including the ensemble category. I watched the wrong movie last night. I watched The Banshees of Ed Sheeran, uh, and it was it was totally convoluted. <laughs> it was and, and like, uh, what's going on here? Oh, like, when, I watched it. I enjoyed it. I wait, really yeah. did. When he said that the other day, I was like, did he say Ed Sheeran? No. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> um, uh, supermodel, uh, Tatiana Patitz. She could pick up a bus. Uh, well, she's dead. Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, oh, yes, I saw this. This is horrible. Supermodel of the 1980s and 90s uh, died. She was 56 years old. Uh, you probably would recognize her, I mean, obviously from being on the runway, but she was in uh, George Michael's Freedom video. Yes. Yeah. She's had several yeah. supermodels in it. Uh, she, um, To be honest, that's the only thing I, I remembered her from, but I did remember her. Uh, she died of uh, breast cancer. Uh, oh, she man. survived by her son, her sister, and her parents. Uh, she was born in Hamburg, Germany, but grew up in a seaside town in Sweden. And it was there that she got her modeling start in a 1983 contest where she won third place. Uh, though she didn't work for a year following the competition, according to the outlet, a photographer uh, pushed her career forward by including her in a famous 1988 photograph called White Shirt Six Supermodels Malibu. And then uh, she was, that led to her being on uh, British Vogue's cover. And George Michael saw that issue and cast her in his Freedom 90 oh, wow. music video. There's a number of models in that video, are there not? Or is she oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Christy Turlington and um, uh, Cindy Crawford and. Mm. Trying to think of well. Uh, after the her breakthrough, uh, Patitz walked the biggest runways in the world. Her fashion credits include Perry Ellis, Valentino, Fendi, Donna Karen, and Chanel, among it, others. Uh, so that's sad news. Linda Evangelista. Yeah, she was one. I think um, Naomi Campbell. Yeah, there were there were a couple of supermodel videos that he did. I yes, think. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Faith might have had some in it too. 
I uh, remember correctly. I, I want to double back, too, by the way, about uh, streaming on Netflix. Uh, Craig Legans, who is my uh, source for everything. All things pop culture. All things pop culture. Uh, he says Chris Rock's stand-up special is going to air live on Netflix uh, in March. That's what I remember reading. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, they're going to dabble That's in the That's pretty lives. cool. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, wonder how, what, the, uh, what that does for them business-wise. I mean, obviously, they're all about uh, subscriptions. So um, st- doing stuff like that really... Uh, works that way. Well, he at least what kind of you have a Chris Rock concert. People are going to sign up. Yep. Uh, so uh, another uh, Hollywood long timer passed away. Carol Cook was her name. Uh, she died on Wednesday in Beverly Hills. Uh, her husband, actor Tom Troopet, announces uh, she would have been ninety nine years old on Saturday. She was really close friends with Lucille Ball. Yeah, and in fact had. Um, uh, the I Love Lucy star had convinced the budding comedian to change her name from Mildred to Carol, by the way. <laughs> uh, and she was uh, Lucille Ball's kind of protege. And she ended up on uh, a few of Lucy's shows throughout the years. I remember her from a couple of different things. So I, I, I took a look at her uh, her credits. And uh, in 1964, she portrayed the wife of Don Knotts' character in The Incredible Mr. Limpet. <laughs> which I love. And then 20 years later, she took on the role of Molly Ringwald's grandmother, Helen, Aww. in 16 Candles. All right, I know her. So she's the one when they're she cooking breakfast. Yep, and, yep. and she's like, well, I'll just open the donuts. <laughs> uh-huh. And she's got a <laughs> cigarette <laughs> with a really <laughs> long <laughs> ash on it. Um, but she had worked in and out of everything throughout the years. Uh, in 2006, she actually popped up in an episode of Grey's Anatomy, but she passed away on Saturday. She was 99. This is the curse of I Love Lucy. Everyone yeah. associated with that show is dead now. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, by the way, the the trick, there's a, a little trick to getting uh, your ash really long in a cigarette. Do you guys know the trick? No. You stick a straight pin into the cigarette, right. and then it holds the ash together. So really? You that like little gag going. It's enough to make me take up smoking. <laughs> you should try it, you right? should, Everybody listening, you guys should try smoking. It's Start good. smoking. Yeah, it looks really You do fun, fun things. Yeah, because you can do fun stuff like that. <laughs> Uh, listen, as a smoker, I had to do all those things. Remember when Kanicki, uh, I think it's Kanicki, he flips the cigarette around his mouth? Yes. Yeah. I learned how to do that. I can flip go. the cigarette around in my mouth. Start smoking today. Yep. Uh, Jeremy <laughs> Renner reportedly facing long road to recovery following his New Year's Day snow plow, a snowplow accident. A source. <laughs> I said snowplow. Sorry. I, it's a... <laughs> it just caught him. <laughs> I, I love watching enough words. It. Eventually, I'm going to mess <laughs> I know, something but, up. Oh man, they uh, okay. Horse dammer and snowplow and albrice. Okay. They're just going to make me laugh for the Added rest of my to life. Snowplow. <laughs> if you look at it, that's actually how it's spelled. Yeah, snow. Yeah. Why <laughs> is it? Why, why is, is it snowplow snow? and not snow? That is a yeah. great question. Right. I think Preston's right. Or why? Why not snowplow? Snowplow. Sixty minutes. A linguistic question for the ages. Mm-hmm. Right. Why is Julio Jones not Julio Jones or Julio Hones? Yeah. Right. Both of them. God damn it. His name, his first name and last name start with J. Yeah. Which Why I is know. it not Pahone? I don't know. Uh, English language. Anyway, he's got a long way to go. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, there you go. Do you know, uh, do they, has, has there actually been an accounting of the injuries that he occur, uh, incurred? No, but I did see that I think he has two, he, he might have a couple of delicate surgeries left, and they said, there, I mean, there's a long shot, but there's potential that his leg could be uh, in danger, oh, or he really? could, uh, like, walking could be a serious issue for I mean, him you down had the road. a, a three-ton vehicle on you. Yeah. It's not good. They recommend against that. Yeah. I, this is pretty wild. Frankie Muniz, the actor, is set to drive full-time 
in the NASCAR-owned ARCA season really? this year. Yeah. Wow. He, he's full time. He's been racing. Yeah, I know. You know, on and off for years. Yeah. That's very cool. That's his, that's his number one love. TMZ reported Wednesday that the Malcolm in the Middle alum will be behind the wheel for Rhett Jones Racing number 30 Ford Mustang when the series hits Daytona International Speedway next month. Uh, they don't mess around with that. Like, mm-hmm. if you're not legit and the real deal. They don't put you behind the wheel full time. There's no way. So he knows what he's doing, obviously. He was on the Steve-O uh, podcast and um, you know, talking about he's had uh, in his past, he had a whole series of mini strokes yep. and uh, issues with that stuff. Uh, he's passed a lot of that, but he's a really down-to-earth guy. Yeah. I don't know what ARCA is, though. I don't um, I, and like when you go to like a, a date to, like ARCA. A, yeah, but when you go to a um, a NASCAR event, right? Yeah, the big event is on Sunday, but they have all these other other events, like uh, the um, like it's a pickup truck, right? Type. Of, so I wonder if that's mobility part of scooters. Like, no, but I wonder if that's part of the NASCAR <laughs> weekend. Uh, yeah, so so that's how they how they pad the thing. You think? Yeah, that, yeah, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how much of a strategy there would be in racing mobility scooters. We should do it. Yeah. If yeah. We, if you're talking about a, a much slower speed, there's still got to be some strategy involved oh, to make how, sure that you end up uh, ahead of someone else. How long would it take to do, let's just say, um, in uh, Dover? So that's a, <laughs> to right, go yeah. around the yeah, track yeah. once? Well, we did a, a mile race. Remember, we did a foot race yeah. at that track. Uh, Brent Porsche's down there right. uh, calling it. Or was it? Do people skip that? How did? How, what was? It's what, a mile, right? It's the Monster Mile. Monster yeah. Mile. Yeah. yeah. And I guarantee you, like they have lawnmower racing. There, there are mobility scooter racing. Oh my I, god, the lawnmower been. races. Yeah. Hilarious. I love them. Yeah. Those things haul ass. Yeah. <laughs> and they're on these little bitty lawnmowers. I love when they mod them. Yeah. And get mod? them up to like 55, 60 miles an hour. Yeah. Mod. Yeah. 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 <laughs> do they have skateboard races? Uh, uh, motorized skateboard? No. Like races to see. That's a good question, Case. I don't know. I would think that'd be pretty dangerous because you could really knock each other off very, very easily. But yeah. I don't really know. Huh. That's a good question. They usually go for style and whatnot. So ARCA is kind of like uh, the minor league of NASCAR. Um, okay. And they'll use sometimes older generation stock cars. Uh, I don't know this. I just looked it up. Okay. Um, and uh, so if you're looking to get into NASCAR... You go usually go through ARCA first. All so right. is that kind of their 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 secondary league? Well, they have graduate. The, okay. Kind of like minor league. It's like AAA. Yeah. All right, um, Steve, I bring this up for you because you remember uh, this gentleman, River River Dance star Michael Flatley. Absolutely, uh, is now home recovering from surgery after a cancer diagnosis. Yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, Flatley, who's sixty four, also had cancer in two thousand three. Uh, an alert viewer had spotted a malignant melanoma after seeing him on MTV during an appearance. Uh, he was later successfully treated. Yeah, what was that music we were just <laughs> that playing? Was Irish flogging Molly. Sorry, okay. I hit the wrong Irish bed. Uh, he was later successfully treated for skin cancer, telling the Irish Independent it was purely by chance that it was noticed, and I had never even noticed it. It can be a frightening place to be. Writing about that in his autobiography, he said, a scare like that makes you even more aware that you need to live every moment while you can. So Riverdance was huge. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, was cool. Yeah. I mean, they, it was were, just, they were insanely talented. talented. Yeah. Almost like Celtic stomp. Yeah. yeah. Like Cat. really fast yeah, stomp, yeah. really fat foot uh, foot movements. Did you ever get into it? I, I didn't. No? no? Okay. Uh-uh. And then, then he actually lost the rights to yeah. that. 
He and created his own league or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Michael Flatley's Lord of the Dance was because of right. uh, River, River Dance. River Dance. Uh, I don't know if they kicked him out or he just wanted to make money on the side or whatever. But yeah. Stop dancing and leave this river. Wow. Uh, Abbott Elementary has officially been renewed for a third season. Yeah, obviously is winning all the awards. So you know, I, I've gotten into it now. Yeah, because yeah, I was I would casually um, watch it now. I'm getting caught up on old episodes. It's uh, it is very much like that office dynamic, but a lot of fun. The characters are all really quirky and fun, and she's great. Uh, TV insiders say Rich Ray's daytime talk show may be ending after wow. seventeen seasons. Seventeen by the way. seasons. Uh, Right. Page Six reports that the show will likely end at the season because uh, ratings are slipping. Apparently, so they stink. Yeah, I'm surprised. <laughs> I I remember like years ago being the like, oh, she's still on. Like, yeah, it's yeah still, I know, still going. You yeah. had a good experience with her, though, right? I no. did. I, yeah, yeah. No, the first, first one, one was bad. First one, she was, called you the c word. No, the first one was in her uh, environment, like at her show. Yeah, uh, she basically told us she was hungover and she would had been at a concert, and uh, so she was. It wasn't terrible. It just wasn't all that friendly. And right. then <clears throat> she came and spoke at my Her Story luncheon, and she was great. She was awesome. amazing. She did it for free. And, uh, cool. yeah, Aww. she was really nice. All right, and then one last story. Uh, both Jennifer Hudson and Sherry Shepard can celebrate the news that their talk shows have been renewed. That's all I watch. Uh, Fox announced on Wednesday that Hudson's eponymous show will get a second season, and Shepard's is guaranteed two more years on air. At least carve out a two-hour block every day, Preston, to catch them. So they extended that. All right, we're ready for the clips now. In England, tensions between the descendants of the Vikings and native English reach a bloody breaking point in Vikings Valhalla Season 2. And in this clip, star Sam Corlette explains why uh, why enjoys meaty dialogue. Okay, so, so say why he enjoys meaty dialogue over a crazy action scene. Here we go. This show has such pace and, and amazing action, but to have that, time, that moment of stillness where we get to express what's actually internally going on with our characters. And Leif and Harold certainly show something, uh, show a part of themselves to each other that they don't show anyone else. I don't give a f- Vikings Valhalla season two is out today on Netflix. All these shows always have one character that's like the, uh, like the, <laughs> you know, the guy heavily made up. And, like, right. and then this show, and I, I, I've seen a little bit of it, the, the guy who is that guy, the makeup looks terrible. So it's like every everything else looks pretty authentic, yeah. but it's just horrible. Why do they always only have one of those characters? Why not? Well, have two. Can he have a wife? <laughs> <laughs> this is a Mrs. Nice to meet you. All right, here we are for the next clip. Velma is the animated origin of the Sleuth, a member of Mystery Incorporated gang, uh, Velma. And here, star Mindy Calling disca- describes what drew her to this character. Here we go. Growing up, I just was one of the only people or only animated character I could really identify with. You know, she's obviously not Indian, but she's, I felt like she was like, like really pretty, but in an untraditional way, like super smart and unafraid of being smart. <laughs> Uh, Velma comes out today, and that is on HBO Max. So this is not meant for kids. This is a uh, oh. this is more uh, uh, adult affair. No kidding. Yeah. All right. And I always liked Velma. I think this will be. Uh, I, I, think I love Mindy cool. Kaling. So you know as well. So she's yeah. It'll be fun. It's from people who did her show and did yeah. uh, SNL. Glenn Howerton's playing Fred. That's right. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Uh, <laughs> and that's it in the entertainment report for you this morning. We're gonna have David Tell on the program around nine o'clock today. So hang out for us if you don't mind, and we'll spend some time with him. We have some other things going on, so we'll take a break, come back in a second, and we'll move forward on a Thursday morning. Stay put. 
Wait, what they? Where was that place, Preston and Steve said that guy did that thing that one time? Uh, don't bother your friends. If you missed something on the Preston and Steve show, the daily podcast and the YouTube stream are posted on PrestonandSteve.com every day after the show for just such occasions. It's always there and always free. That is until the internet breaks and we've got bigger problems. I saw this story that was uh, pretty interesting. Uh, it was uh, an Amtrak train. I'm yeah. Sure you guys saw this as well. It's from, uh, going from Virginia to Florida. And apparently people were stuck on board that for more than 29 hours. Oh, no, no, stuck. no. Yeah, no. yeah. 29 <laughs> hours. Uh, it was forced to take Freak. a detour because a freight train had hit a car on the tracks. Okay. And so they, they had to move over. So it was going from uh, Lorton, Virginia to Stanford, Florida. Uh, it was going to take around 17 hours. That's a pretty long train ride. Uh, however, the train came to a halt in rural South Carolina around Monday at 11 p.m. Uh, when the accident uh, had forced the train to reroute, they then had to wait for a backup crew. And during the delay, some of the passengers, there were 563 people on board, some of the passengers passengers actually called 911 <laughs> yes. to report that they were being held hostage <laughs> on the train. <laughs> <laughs> they were not allowed to deboard or allowed. Uh, they didn't allow their pets to go outside either. Uh, passengers were also told not Wait, to open, really? open their windows or smoke on the train. Yeah, I assume that's because I, I, I'm, I'm guessing the train was probably stopped in an isolated area with nothing around. And they didn't want somebody to get off and wander away, or right. maybe there's liability issues once you leave the train and have to get back on board. I don't know. You step out onto uh, into that. an active track yeah. situation or inactive at this point, but still. Uh, but you always think, okay, they, can you make an accommodation for 29 hours? I mean, come on. Yeah, passengers were also told they couldn't open their windows or smoke. Uh, at one point, a conductor who could be heard all uh, over the loudspeaker asking passengers uh, said, please to not call the police. <laughs> he said, once again, for those of you that are calling the police, we are not holding you hostage. We are giving you all the information in which we have, and we are sorry about the inconvenience. We're not holding you hostage. Uh, I'm going to go into some Stop more. It. Some more detail about this, but I am curious to hear stories of people who have been stuck somewhere for a really long time and you had no choice but to stay right where you are. It can happen on planes, can happen on trains. And it effing sucks. And I'm curious, 215-263-WMMR. But they've changed. They put more rules into effect on the planes. Like, they can only keep you for a certain amount of time. Remember, it was sort of, like, open-ended and you the just The passenger sit. bill of rights. Wait a second, though. With the passenger bill of rights, aren't there workarounds? At the, there are always workarounds at the airport or the airline can, can do. Is, is it... Do they have to let you? Can you check the specifics yeah. on that? How how if you are trapped on a plane or you are waiting for your flight to take off or whatever the configuration is that has you sitting there on the tarmac, uh, how how much uh, time can elapse before they are mandated to get you back and allow you to walk around? So the I thought it was about three hours, but I'll look it up and and see what it says. By the way, we had uh, speaking of trains, the, the handful of. Train lengthy train rides I've taken. Uh, Rochelle and I were going to Boston uh, for the weekend, and we decided, well, let's take a train rather than drive or fly. I, I and, take trains, and and uh, on the way there, uh, we had to stop. All right, and stop in the middle of nowhere. Really? Yeah, because another train had broken down, and we were picking up the passengers. Wow! So already on this fairly full train, wow. we had to bring a whole other group of passengers on board. So we they stopped. 
People boarded the train in the middle of nowhere. Like another full train. Yep, and got on, and we took them to the next station. And so they were train hiking. And let them off. Huh. Yeah. Uh, which uh, was pretty wild. I'd never heard of that happening before, but yeah. And, yeah you uh, have to, though, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense. Yeah. All right, so I have the information. So for flights, this is for um, departing and arriving. For flights uh, from U.S. airports, airlines are required to begin to move the airplane to a location where passengers can safely get off before three hours. Oh, for domestic flights, four hours for international I flights. I was unaware of that because... I have had near, you know, three-hour sessions uh-huh. on a, on a tarmac waiting for the plane to depart. And there was like a, a there was a, a period of time where flights were getting delayed, and like it was like a it was, you know, like a constant. Yeah, yeah. And people were sitting for hours and hours and hours, and then so this this went into place. I forget how long ago. I've had both delays. Uh, at, at either end of, of uh, uh, departure and arrival where, you know, you get on the plane and you sit there for like an hour for whatever reason, it's a weather issue or whatever, right. and wait, or even sitting on the tarmac waiting yes. in line to fly. But I think the worst is landing, yep. Yep. getting to I'm the gate, uh-huh. and then they go, oh, by the way, there's no one here to let us what, off. What yeah. does that mean? Just open the door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let me out! Open the door and, and let me out. And one time we sat there and for like... held hostage by American Airlines. <laughs> one time we sat there for like an hour. No, see, I, that, yeah, I'm and with you. That's infuriating. For, for a while, it like happened regularly here in Philadelphia yeah. to me. They, 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 I haven't had it happen in years, but it happened like three mm-hmm. times in a row. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Why, Where like, is the breakdown in communication here? Like, when we went to London, we walked on the tarmac and then walked up steps onto the plane. I mean, so why that can't, Why can't we do that here? We did that in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, why we did? Didn't we? I can't re- I don't remember. No. No, we, we didn't. did it in London, maybe in London, but I re- and we didn't in Philadelphia because I was I was with a guy who uh, we were in the lounge and he'd been drinking a little bit and <laughs> he, he sprinted down so he did not have to go outside right. and come back up. Um, yeah. But uh, Preston, this train in, um, where it stopped in South Carolina, a lot of people are texting in and I did a little bit of research. It was the auto train, so people wow. had, yeah people had their cars, cars. on this train as oh. well, oh. and I think that might have been been one of the reasons why they couldn't let them out. When you said auto train, I thought you meant. There was like autonomous. A, yeah, there was no captain on board. <laughs> no. There's no no conductor. Auto train. No. Uh, I'm your engineer, Johnny Five. <laughs> right. So, oh, uh, Otto. The right. auto train. My auto train. My in-laws. This is going to be sitting for a while. My in-laws did the auto train last year to Florida because they spent, like, I guess, like two or three months in Florida in the uh, in the winter, and they oh. said it was the worst experience of their <laughs> lives. I've they didn't even get reviews. stuck. Yeah, they didn't even get stuck. I mean, it was a, you know it was a fine train ride, but they hated it. Well, the whole idea is that okay, you're going to go down to Florida, you can bring your car with you and have that mobility. But I, I've heard a lot of bad stuff. Case to your point about traveling the auto train way. By the way, this particular train, uh, to make matters worse, uh, they ran out of food. Uh, uh-huh. After employees provided passengers with meals, snack packs, and beverages, uh, however, it did stop in Savannah, Georgia, overnight, and pizza was delivered to the train. I mean, you come twenty nine hours. You have to feed them. You have to uh-huh. with limited food options. Uh, you know, you know what they say. We're going on a fast, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We're going on an, an unintended fast. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. happy for twenty four hours. <laughs> uh, so, with limited food options, disgusting bathrooms, and not being uh... able to leave the train, many passengers said that they felt trapped. Where's my <laughs> Pack. You got a banana. You don't need no snack pack. <laughs> this, it gets better. You know I like snack pack. Why can't you just give me a snack pack? I thought that was your snack pack. <laughs> 
Uh, so I'm just reading more about it, um, and uh, they're actually not required to give you anything to eat or drink on the airlines. Um, what about on a train? I, I don't know. I'm just looking. This is the U.S. What about Depart- an auto train? U.S. Department of Transportation. Um, so this is about the airlines. All right, we're going to go to uh, some calls here. I'm going to go to uh, McKinley on the line. McKinley, good morning. Good morning. Sorry to bother you at work. No, it's all right, man. All right, you got a story for us? Yes, I do. I'm originally from NYC, but I'm in Pennsylvania concurrently. Um, we usually take the MTA, the big trains in the city, and it goes throughout the entire city. Okay. This is one time I was coming from school, and I was just heading home. I had a very strong meal that day, so my beans was really tossing that day. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My stomach was grumbling. I'm over here dying in the train, uh-huh. and all of a sudden, we stopped at a stop at Manhattan. Mind you, I look like an hour away. So I'm sitting here like, okay, maybe this is not going to take long. The, the MTA conductor says, yeah, there's somebody doing some foolishness on the next track over, so we're going to have to stop and wait until that stops. Uh-huh. One hour go by, my stomach is bubbling. Oh, <laughs> man. I'm dying, I'm sweating. <laughs> Everybody's in a train. The train is packed. In New York, they do not care. It's going to be a packed train if it has to be one. So I'm, I'm sweating. I'm dying. I look uncomfortable. The women are looking at me. I don't know what to do. <laughs> is it is it McKinley? Is there is there no bathroom on board? No. Oh. Zero. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I, I appreciate your enthusiasm, but we can't say that on the radio. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. Yeah. The only way Can for I you to that? defecate yeah. is okay. to go in between trains. Oh. And you you might have to let that go. He's right. He's right. There, there are no. There, there's oh. some, it's a nightmare. There's no, there's nowhere. To, you, you've got to wait till you get to the next station. I definitely waited till I got to the next station, guys. Oh. I appreciate y'all. God bless y'all. Oh, yeah. We appreciate yeah. you. Yeah, Thank you, day. McKinley. Take he care, brings up. Terrible. He brings up a good oh. point. You get stuck in the subway, and that happens often. In the city. Oh, man. Oh, my God. And I, I think you're talking about your claustrophobia? Oh, my God. That'll kick in big Forget time. It. I don't ride the subway often, and I've never had to go to the bathroom while being on the subway. <sighs> I just assumed that there would be no. a bathroom, yeah. but no. No. Uh-huh. That's crazy. Because uh, those get stuck sometimes. Yes. And you're you're in a tunnel. Uh, I'm going to go to Doug. Doug, morning. Morning. What's up, Doug? Uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s. I was going from Philly to Sanford to visit my parents, okay. and they stopped the train somewhere in the outbacks of Georgia for 12 hours. 12 hours. The outbacks 12 hours. Georgia. But we did have a smoking car, and we had the lounge car. So there was about seven or eight of us. We ended up pulling our cigarettes and our money, <laughs> and we just... Basically, drank until the bar was empty, and pretty much we were out of smoke. So I made a phone call to my mom because she was picking me up, and I said, "Listen, you need to get stop and get a pack of these, a pack of these, a pack of these, a pack of these." Because a lot of people, a lot of people were staying on. So my mom met us at the train. I ran out, grabbed the cigarettes, ran back in the train, gave everybody their cigarettes, and took off. You were you were yeah. like uh, you were like Morgan Freeman and Josh Angry. Yes. you were the guy that got the stuff for everybody. Pack of smokes. Little reefer. That's your thing. Yeah, I didn't charge them. You know, because everybody. Well, that's very generous of you. I'm sipping whiskey. They should have emergency <laughs> cigarettes on a train, Based shouldn't on, they? Yeah. By the way, when when things like this happen, when things like this happen. The smokers gather. Oh, yeah. That, because my sister was yeah. a hardcore smoker, and I remember we had a delay, and uh, I, I believe they 
talked them into letting the smokers off so they oh could go smoke because really? they were, they were going to kill people. And that's all there's to it. But the smokers usually <laughs> gather in times of crisis. Would they make that accommodation now, you think? Uh, probably no, not, right? No, definitely not. It's like, deal with it. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Mike. Hey, Mike, good morning. Hey, this is Baltimore Mike. Oh, Baltimore Mike. Mike. Hey, Baltimore Mike. What's up? Oh, it's like Baltimore oh, Jack. Much, guys. Uh, I remember... Uh, <laughs> Got a wife and kids in Baltimore Mike. <laughs> Go ahead. I was, uh, I'm was. i 40 years old now. This, I was probably in seventh grade. We were flying back from Orlando and uh, into Newark. We got into a bad snowstorm in Newark, and I think we had to fly... I think we hovered around D.C. for about two hours, which... I know it wasn't a lot of time, but my mom was freaking out, and to this day, I'm scared to fly, and I think it's all because of my mom freaking out when uh, mm. we had to fly around D.C. for two hours. When we finally landed, the whole plane was dead silent. We hit the tarmac, and everybody went nuts. Right. So it, was, uh, it was pretty wild. Yeah, yeah, when they put you, so that that used to be a, a classic situation to deal with, where they'd have people in a holding pattern, yep. and you would be talking, now depending on their fuel situation, obviously, that's something you have to take into consideration, but it'd not be uncommon for two, three hours in a holding pattern flying around an airport. And it's weird because I've done it before, too, and, and uh, I, the, the, I remember one time particularly we, we made a right turn, then we made another right turn, <laughs> then we made another right turn, uh-huh. and then we made another right turn. I'm like, okay, something's going on. And so we ended up, and then the, the captain eventually makes the announcement. But we just circled for like an hour, just waiting for whatever. Look, it's the capital. (laughs) But, I mean, it's – and I started after a while that banking and turning over and over and over again. I started getting just a little queasy, Uh, a little little funky uh, from that. Uh, We'll go next to R.C. R.C., good morning. Hey, you guys. Uh, Thank (laughs) you. What's up, R.C.? So, uh, probably – a couple of years before I got married, my uh, future wife, my future in-laws decided we were going to Key West the uh, week between Christmas and New Year's. We flew into Miami, and we wanted to drive the bridge, so we drove all the way. But we, uh, there was an accident on the bridge, and we sat there for four hours. All right, so yeah. this is coming out of the Keys, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you're um, you have nowhere to go. That's it. Yeah, yep. it, it's two lanes a lot of the way, and if there's any accidents or there's any any delay, you can't get past it. But, I remember this: a, a fighter jet had sh- was shooting was, at a limo. Yeah, it was Harry's a woman right? hanging yeah. out of it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, scary, <laughs> scary times. Not quite, but we did have a helicopter. They had to they had to medevac somebody off, so oh, we wow. saw the chopper come down. Thank God we had stopped at McDonald's right before we got on the bridge. Oh no, we, kidding! Uh, yeah, you would have been starving. Yeah. We missed our flight. Um, we, you, as soon as you got off the bridge, you saw everybody dive off to the nearest gas station to go pee. Yeah. Um, yeah. Had, there were guys just wandering off into the bushes. There was a football game going on for a couple miles. They just yeah. followed the, the cars. It yeah. was it was uh, it was a, a great time. Yeah, that sucks. All right, yeah. thanks, man. So, given your given, if you have the obviously, you don't want to be trapped on the plane if they right. can put you back in the terminal. Uh, you know, they're 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 different versions of the same story that uh, that are more um, amenable, you yeah. know? At least but you can walk around at least on you a can train walk around. a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you're stuck on the side of a highway, there's not a whole lot that you can do and you can't go many places. I think plane would probably be the worst of these, but I don't, this I is should be in the tube, yeah. sitting in the, the, you know, the fuselage of a plane, yeah. just strapped in like you're a child in a, in a safety seat. 
Uh, you, Kathy, you remember we were coming back? We were coming back from some sort of uh, um, oh, turnpike. Oh, yeah, you come yeah. back and oh, lay flags. down on, 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 on the, the blue. Pen- no, it was the Pennsylvania Turnpike. Yeah. You laid on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. Yep. <laughs> you guys ever traveled by bus? Yeah, like like no. a you know Greyhound type of bus. No. Uh, uh, yeah. Two or three times. I took uh, the Trailways. I've done it a couple times. We took uh, we took a trip uh, down to it was a spring break trip down to Daytona Beach, Florida. How old were you, Preston? I was a junior in high school. <laughs> I had no business being in Daytona. How did my parents let me do this? But anyway, the bus had mechanical problems on the way oh, there. Of course. And it happened overnight, too. And I remember just hearing the engine, like, like revving really, really high. Oh, that's not good. And we're going up a hill, and I kid you not, we're doing like 10 miles an hour. <laughs> and we're all going, something's going on here. And we ended up having to uh, to pull over, and we had to just wait until the bus company got another bus <gasps> and get on that. And that took forever. I don't know how it went from it went from night to daylight yeah. while we were there. I know that. So you spent the whole night? Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing we did is we all got out and each one of us lit up our own joint. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a The bus company didn't hand out joints? No, we yeah. had a, it was BYOJ. Okay. And uh, people use uh, Bolt Bus to get to and from DC to all Philly. the time, yeah, and and they rave about it. It's like uh, free wireless. It's not it. It's not expensive at all. It's like ten bucks. It right? is, and, and so it's if if it works and there's little traffic, it's a great way to travel. If there are any delays <laughs> or you get stuck or something goes wrong, I'm sure it's fairly terrible. Uh, let me go next to Matt. Uh, hey, Matt. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Put a bomb in a possum and you feed him to the shark. <laughs> exactly <laughs> what you do. Exactly. What's up, buddy? So uh, this is a story about getting stuck on a plane with a bachelor party in 2015 going out to Vegas. Oh, so no. It, yeah, so it's, it's March, one of those uh, late winter storms. We're supposed to go out of Philly, uh, and they're saying flights might be uh, delayed or they might be canceled. So uh, one of my buddies says, you know what, we're going to switch it. We're going <clears> to <throat> go out of Baltimore instead, even though the storm was going to hit there first. So we switch it. The flight's supposed to be at like seven, eight o'clock in the morning so we can get out to Vegas, hit it hard early. Uh, <laughs> some guys decided that they were going to go out the whole night before. So we've got like four of the guys are already super hungover. We get down to Baltimore. We check in. We get on the plane. And um, uh, it might have been like 10 or 11 was the flight. So we get on and they, they tell us there's some, some weather delays because it's already starting to hit us. So we sit at the gate for a while. Uh, and then we go out to the de-ice pad. We de-ice, we wait. They say, nope, we gotta, we gotta go. We gotta go back and wait. So we go back and wait. We go back out to the de-ice pad again. Looks like we're ready to go take off. We're in a line of a bunch of planes. This is now a couple hours in. They were like, sorry guys, we're not taking off. Uh, flight crew timed out. So we need to go back and get a new flight. Oh my God. (laughs) So now, so now we do that and, I've got some super hungover guys, but you've got a whole plane full of people that are just really, really not happy. Yeah. They let they let everyone off. They said, you've got 15 minutes. Uh, go to the bathroom. You know, they let everybody off real quick, but they said, you need to be back ASAP because this flight crew is ready to go. They knew everybody was ready to mutiny. Well, they get the crew back on, um, <laughs> and then we still sat for another probably three hours or oh. so. People were ready to bust windows out. I was waiting for, like, an air marshal to stand up and say he was going to shoot somebody. In a <laughs> Dude, that, that's just inhumane. Did, were you allowed to acquire food when you got no. off? 
No. So, and at oh. that point, you know, the bachelor party is ready to party. We were like, we don't care if we're sitting here. Just give us a drink. Give us yeah. snacks, whatever. They were like, no, FAA rules. We can't give you any booze until we touch off the, get off the ground. So finally, um, you know, people had whatever snacks they had with them. Finally, it's like the sun's going down. We're like in the middle of this storm and they're like, screw it. We're going to take off. So it's dark now. And I think we left at like eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night, Philly time. Um, How many hours in total? What's that? How many hours in total? Uh, I'd say probably a good, like, eight or nine hours before we took no. off. Oh, no! Gosh. We we get up in the air, and I swear to God, the, the flight crew was like, okay, everybody, what do you want to drink? And uh, I was like, can I have three, please? He goes, you guys can have whatever you want. <laughs> Nobody's paying for anything on this plane. Oh, wow. With, within 10 minutes, this plane, this Southwest plane was soul plane. Okay. Music was going. Serving drinks from the galley. Dude, and that's that's wild because a lot of times they, they still won't do that. The fact that they opened up and allowed you to do that is pretty cool. Yeah, they were just like, okay, everybody. I mean, they, they were like, somebody said they were going to like kick in the flight door to get off the plane before we took off. So basically, they knew they had to do something. Yeah. That plane, that plane drank. Uh, every bit of booze. It was like 160 <laughs> mini bottles and 80 beers were gone by the time we were getting ready to uh, descend to Vegas. One guy threw up in somebody else's shoes. Oh <laughs> he was playing music over the intercom from the galley. Uh, it was it was lot. So it it would ended up okay by the end, but it was the. I, I never wanted ever, ever have. No, you, you bring up a good point because sometimes events like that, while you're in it, you hate it. But, but it's a legendary it story. Yeah. Oh, you won't like, listen, did I enjoy it taking eight and a half hours coming back from the cardboard classic that right. year? Oh, right. No, right. But it's a story I tell. And by the way, the yeah. uh, you got to hand it to, uh, uh, I, I've flown a lot of airlines and Southwest does have the best uh, flight crew. They're, they're are the, uh, um, uh, the flight attendants. Are a lot of fun. They're really loose. Because they know they're on Southwest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah, they... the, the crew was great. Once we could get off the ground, I mean, they they were like, "Sorry, there's just nothing we can do while we're wheels on the ground." But as soon as we got off, they were. Uh, I, I don't think they stopped moving. It was just up and down the aisle. They recruited people to help serve drinks. People were slinging <laughs> drinks to everyone. It was... That's wild. It's a That's great really story, funny. Matt. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, bud. Thanks. All right, Thank we'll you. see ya. Uh, all right, I think we got a winner though for a train here. I'm going to go to right? uh, yeah, I'm going to go to Mike. Or no, he was on a plane. I'm sorry. Hey, Mike, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, what's up? You guys are off. Thanks. Oh, hi, Mike. Right, so, uh, just to reset before we go to you, Mike, there was a uh, a, a train that was on the, from Virginia to Florida. It got stuck because there was a a crash on the uh, uh, on the tracks from another train. They ended up. It took 29 hours before they got to their destination. It was ridiculous. Wow. How about you? What's your story, Mike? So back in 2021, um, I was in the military, and we were getting, deploying to the Middle East. And we, when you fly in the military, you fly on these charter flights. They're not terrible, but they're small planes. <clears throat> so you have to land every six hours, let's say. We couldn't be bored at any stop because of COVID-19. And we were stuck on the plane nonstop for 24 hours. Oh, <laughs> it wow. was the worst experience of my life. I was lucky. I had an exit seat, so I had extra leg room. 
and oh I keep God. offering me like three, four hundred bucks for my seat. For the leg room. Oh, and I no. said, no, I was like, absolutely not. How many <laughs> times did you entertain the notion of going AWOL? <laughs> um, so we flew with our rifles, and i they are very lucky that they didn't give us rounds. <laughs> oh, my God. God. Hours. That's gnarly. We Thanks. got to Shannon, Ireland, and we had a six-hour layover where we were about to go out and eat and, you know, have a beer or two. We were stuck on the plane. Oh, oh man. man. Because you could, because of the COVID because restrictions. Because COVID restrictions. Yeah. That God. sucks. Brutal. Right. Thanks, Mike. Uh, outside of delays and stuff like that, my dad, the longest flight he ever had to take was to Singapore. Uh, and that's like a, uh, a 19, 20 yeah. hour excursion on the yeah. plane. And while it doesn't sound like that much, if you're in, if, if your only options are get up, walk to the bathroom, go back to your seat, uh, it's a long time. To be honest, a, a flight of any distance, it is now my go-to thing. I, I buy a muffin. I buy a couple, th- I, I buy yeah. some food just to oh, put, to have, just yeah. to sure. have, yeah. because, you know, because... You don't know. You don't know how long you're going to have to wait there. And that whole wheels off the ground thing, allowing you to eat or not eat, is ridiculous. You know what I've started doing now, too, is uh, I, I stretch before, before getting you on. Before you get on? Yeah. I, yeah, I will, uh, I will stretch out my legs I, I, every huh. bit I can because I know that I'm going to be in a fixed position for a fair amount of time. Yeah. And if you got stuck for hours and hours and hours... Uh, that's even worse. To be honest, that's why I switched. I used to be a, a window only guy. Yeah. But I switched to the aisle. Uh, yeah. yeah, you guys should try being five foot seven. Um, <laughs> it's much better, right? It's way better on yeah. the plane. Yeah, yeah. That's when it's, I know you you have desire to be taller. That's when you don't. I just want to be, be able to slam dunk a basketball on a ten foot net. But yep. you know, I'd also like to be comfortable on a plane. Yeah, right. stop into the overhead. I had a friend who used to have to travel to China and India, and she would go twice a year. Wow. And uh, but she she didn't she said for her like it was it was yeah. fine she didn't mind she was used to it at that point she'd have to go every six months okay. yeah my buddy went to, he goes to, he now he still he goes to China I think twice a year and I never knew that they like I just always thought you would go around the Earth and he's like <laughs> no you go over it you go over the North Pole I was like oh well that makes a lot of sense uh, we have a couple of calls of people dying on the train oh, oh my, my god. god or 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 on the tracks okay. and that was their delay I'm gonna go to Dave hey Dave good morning. Good morning. Hey, Dave. How you doing, bud? When I was, uh, I was probably like twelve or thirteen. When we were, when I was a kid, we, me and my parents used to uh, take the auto train down to Florida to see right. my grandparents. Yep. And I, I forget exactly where we were, somewhere around Georgia or something. But the train pulls to a stop, and where everybody's wondering why, and you can look, just barely look out the window, and you see cop cars everywhere. Mm. Well, apparently somebody had hung themselves directly oh above the track. Oh, oh, my God. Like a pinata. Yeah. That's and crazy. We and so. About 10 hours before the train was allowed to pass because it was directly over the track. 10 hours. Because we it was a, uh, a crime scene. Wow. 10 hours stuck on the train. Did they let you off at all? No, no, okay. because of all the police activity, they they, they didn't they couldn't have everybody. And you were all suspects. <laughs> yeah, right. right you know what? Let me ask you a question Express. about the auto train. Uh, how old does your car have to be before it can travel by itself on the auto train? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the a minor. Right. They may not let it. Um, Meredith said, she te- texted me, and she used to have to travel back and forth to New York, and she said they got stopped a number of times for suicides on the train, and they would just have to yeah. sit Whoa. and wait. And she said, I guess it makes sense. She Didn't said you'd be out. so yeah. angry that you're... 
having to wait all these hours, but like you knew somebody was dead on the outside, so you're, you know what I mean, kind of dealing with that too. Mm. Steve, I got a, a text from a friend who did the auto train last year down to Florida, and she said um, that she had a great experience. She booked the cabin with a bed and a bathroom, Ooh. and she's like, in that way, we didn't That's have to deal to with go. anyone. So was, like, yeah. it, it spent a little bit more, but for her, it was a really great experience. Well, and, let, me, let me ask you, yeah. <laughs> what if you have a luxury vehicle? <laughs> why don't you stay in your car? Yeah, well, I was wondering why people on this on this train in South Carolina right. like couldn't at some point they get access to go back to their cars yeah. and just find a little comfort there? Probably not. I, I took, guess not. I took that ferry, um, the the ferry in Delaware once, it and they won't let you get in your car. No, no. I I did. Yeah. I got um, I got a little seasick, and so I snuck down there, got in my car, I put the seat back, fell asleep, and when we were leaving, the guy was like, "You're not supposed to be in your car." Oh. I'm like, "I know, but I got sick. Like I was either getting sick up there, oh. or I had to come down here and close my eyes." Should respond I was just pricing out. I was curious to see how much those sleeper trains cost. Pretty expensive. Well, people think that, oh, the, the, the train travel is going to be more cost effective. It's It can be very expensive. Yeah. Great. But you know what? I love those, like, you know, oh, I, totally. watch, I watch Bullet Train. You don't uh, have to. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it does remove, again, if it goes well, it removes <laughs> stresses of travel because sure. you're down there and you have yeah. your train. And, like, so if, if you don't have a, a 29-hour delay in South Carolina or whatever. Right. It's a great way to travel. And, it, and comparably... Can I have the you, one without the 29-hour delay? <laughs> well, I mean, I think you're going to fly to Florida, then you're going to have to rent a car. And yeah. you're going to have to drive... You know, so like this, if you bring your car down with you, it saves costs in some respects. Uh, one more call. I'm going to go to uh, Jake. Uh, Jake, you are on the air. Good morning. Gadzooks, guys. Gadzooks. Bud, what's up? Hey, so about 10 years ago, I was taking the train across country from New York to San Francisco. And... Uh, middle of the night, 2 a.m., in the middle of Utah, just north of Arches, a little south of Salt Lake, uh, the train got stopped, you know, halt uh, all of a sudden. And we found out woman decided to park her car in front of the tracks, get out, and commit suicide. In front oh, of oh, my, my God. goodness. That's effing crazy. So, and so did the we're sitting there. We're sitting there for 12 hours, I think, they had to do to clear everything up. And the train, you know, they were able to, to get us going again, but... You know, question there in the middle in the middle of the desert. Jake, Jake, question was: Did your train hit her car and her? No, she parked it next to it, and then she just got out and got in front of our train. Okay, uh, all right. Well, so it was the train that hit her, but not the car. I was curious when but, when, when that but, happened. The car. <laughs> so it's not like we can get out and just go to the local Seven uh, Eleven. We're in the middle of the Utah desert. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> what are we going to do? That's crazy. You know? Thanks, Jake. Uh, by the way, there was a, a text that came in from someone who works for Amtrak, and they said, uh, they said, sorry for the delay, but they can't let people off because it could turn into fatalities possibly from another train coming. It's just uh, dangerous to let people right. out on train tracks. If they're in a rural area, right, and, you, and the, the train stops, like you say, it was in a wooded area where they were. Couldn't they pass out if it, pass out hunting rifles and let them go? You know, go go get Forage, some stuff yeah. and yeah, get Find some food. Own, and, uh, yeah. Here's some weapons. <laughs> yeah, big game only, guys. Big game only. Yes. Uh, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's something to consider. Oh, Maybe when they're out in the more rural areas. You guys have guns. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually we have a machine gun. We have a bazooka. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's do that. No, but I am considering uh, this summer um, maybe taking the train because I'll be, I'm going to the Grand Canyon. I was thinking about maybe driving up towards like Wyoming area. Uh, so I only have one, I have a flight out and I, I have not booked a flight back yet. 
because I thought about driving across the country back home. You're going to Thelma and Louise it in the canyon? No, but, like, I thought about maybe doing a sleeper train on the way back, like driving up to Wyoming or, you know, one of the Dakotas and then hopping over there. Right. And, and then just kind of when I was looking, I was like, yeah, it's too expensive. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like, a little pricey. Yeah. You yeah. can take a train to the Grand Canyon. There's a train stop literally on the on the south rim of the Grand Canyon. Yep. Uh, and, you know, take that up from Phoenix or L.A. or whatever. But uh, it's, a, it's a great way to travel. It is a little expensive. Yeah. Uh, and it can... Uh, it could turn bad. into a nightmare. You can get stuck I'm going to kill you and yeah. then eat you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Donner Railways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, anyhow, well, thank you for sharing your stories. We do appreciate that. We've got to take a break. We'll come back in a moment. Don't forget, uh, David Tell's going to be on the show this morning. Uh, we'll chat with him around 9 o'clock, but we have some bizarre file stories which are on the way next. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Listen on our mobile app or go to WMMR.com. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre File. Just had a uh, number of stories about uh, people being trapped on trains and planes and so on. Well, we have a plane story to begin with. Passengers on a Russian flight survived a terrifying air safety incident on Monday as an aircraft door swung open mid-flight. It's not supposed to happen. No. Video footage showed a part of the aircraft fuselage opened to the sky as passengers clung to seats and pulled hoods up. (laughs) Uh, The AN-26100 aircraft took off from MAGA en route to the city of Magadan, with the rear end, a rear entry ramp door sliding open shortly after takeoff. By the way, in case you're wondering, no, that's not supposed to happen. Uh, the terrifying moment occurred around 9,000 feet oh, with 25 passengers and six crew on board. Uh, another video taken by passenger shows the plane flying low over snowy mountains. A statement by Magan Airport confirmed the incident, saying that some passengers' hats and belongings had been sucked out of the plane <laughs> oh after the doors swung open. Uh, and they said the plane had circled back and landed immediately. No passengers harmed in the incident, by the way. It scared the F out of you. Listen to this uh, little controversy. A small Tennessee police station has been rocked by allegations of wild sexual misconduct after a married female officer allegedly had steamy romps with six male officers, including illicit on-duty liaisons. Six? Officer Megan Hall and her fellow law officers allegedly engaged in wild sexcapades that included sending dirty pictures, taking her top off at a Girls Gone Wild hot tub party, (laughs) and even having oral with two officers at the Laverne, Tennessee, police station. 
Uh, the shenanigans in which Hall allegedly bragged about the size of one of her partner's genitals and claimed to be in an open marriage not only led to Hall being canned, but led to firings of Sergeant Lewis Powell, Officer Juan Lugo, Sergeant Ty McGowan, and Detective Seneca Shields. So they, they tend to frown upon um, uh, orgies, correct? They do. Yeah. Two other officers who allegedly had romps with Hall, Patrick uh, Magluco and Larry Holiday, kept their jobs but wound up suspended. The extracurricular trysts took place at hotels and parties at other officers' houses and on a boat, while Hall also accused of performing oral on Powell and Shields while on duty at the police station and police gym. During this time, did they ever pull any people over for tickets or stuff like that? I don't know (laughs) if they were working on that stuff or not. Uh, Officials began to look into the swinging personal lives when Mayor Jason Cole had received a tip that Hall was sleeping with several fellow cops and had a threesome with uh, Magloco and his wife, Jesus. among other claims. It goes into a lengthy description of all the stuff that happened, but it's pretty crazy. They were having a, a good, blast. They were having a good time. Absolutely. A frightening video captured the moment a snowboarder was swept away in an avalanche as he tore down a mountain in Utah on Sunday. It was his own, like, helmet cam. It's pretty amazing footage. Blake Nielsen filmed the heart-stopping close calls. He was snowboarding in Big Cottonwood Canyon in Salt Lake. The boarder said that he dropped into a bowl near Kessler Peak and made a heelside turn when an isolated wind slab broke loose below, he said, it was above me, and it knocked me off my feet and took me for a ride. Dude, you got the best barrels ever, dude. Just like, you pull in, and you just get spit right out of them, and you just drop in and just smack the lip. In the helmet cam video uh, he shared, Nielsen can be seen cruising down the mountain when the snow underneath him suddenly gave way, and he shouted to his boarding partner, Logan, I'm sliding. Over the radio, he said, I'm staying on top, but I'm sliding. He did exactly what you're supposed to do. Nielsen was able to stay above the snow and make it out unscathed by making swimming motions with his arms and kicking out his board. Uh, He was carried away with the rush of the moving snow for about 300 feet, at which point he was able to slow down and come to a stop while the rest of the snow continued sliding down the mountainside. Uh, He slid about 1,300 feet, or the snow slid about 1,300 feet. Uh, he said that he and his snowboarding pals had tested the stability of the snow, dropping into the greaseball collier and found no deep instabilities in the snow structure. The wind, however, was more unpredictable than they imagined. He said, respect the wind. Even a small, manageable wind pocket can break out and carry a long way in steep terrain with long runouts. Uh, two skiers also reported being swept away in avalanches in Salt Lake caused by the wind in separate incidences on Sunday, and no one was harmed. The amazing thing is that he was able to avoid trees on the way down. Well, what's crazy is watching the snow yeah. move faster. The snow normally, you know, you're moving fast and the snow is going the other way. Well, it, it turns into the opposite right. when uh, when an avalanche hits. Pretty Amazing. Wild. Uh, in North Carolina, a mom is calling for safer, labor, safer labels, tamper-proof packaging, and warnings after her son ingested some harmful chemicals, mistaking it for candy. So Connor Taylor rang in the New Year's a few hours early. He and his young cousin celebrated, and they finished the night with games and prizes. And Taylor explained, we were doing these games and earned prizes, and one of our family members bought some Pop Rocks. The nine-year-old grabbed a packet, but the Pop Rocks weren't doing what they normally do. He said, I ate it, and I got no flavor, and they're supposed to pop in your mouth. When I didn't get flavor, I just put more in my mouth, and that's when it started to burn. 
Connor's mother, Laura Taylor, noticed that her son was in distress when she took a close look at Connor's candy wrapper. She realized it wasn't candy at all. Instead, Connor had eaten Lucky's Mystical Dragon Flames. Oh, man. Which is a chemical you use to throw into a fire to change the colors. I've used that. Yeah, the package for Lucky's Mystical Dragon Flames is like Pop Rocks in size and shape, and the con- contents inside are similar, too. However, instead of sugar, God. the flame is made of dangerous chemicals. It contains chloride, polyvinyl, and copper. She said, we called Poison Control, and they immediately called a physician who consulted with toxicology. Taylor received an urgent call back from the toxicologist telling her to quickly get them to the hospital. Doctors admitted Connor at Children's Hospital where he spent the night after lab results indicated that he had been poisoned. The liver-specific lab results were all elevated, so it showed that he there was some toxicity in his Jeez. body. Uh, he was okay the next day, but they're concerned about the uh, the kid uh, the chemicals kid-friendly looking package. It has a cartoon dragon blowing out flames. There was nothing alarming on the front package that would make a child or even in all fairness an adult say, wow, what is that? Uh, it does not need to be alluring to children. It does. It looks like it's candy or yeah, something like that. Yeah, this is like the uh, Clorox Pops. Yeah. Which are, it's just a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, so this kid is lucky that he didn't have yeah. any, anything really serious happen to him, and he's okay. All right, and there you go. That is what I have in the bizarre file for you. Uh, let's take a break. Come back in a moment. Don't forget, David Tell is going to be joining us this morning. We'll be back in a second. Hang in there. Have you asked? Red Hot Chili Peppers. Nickelback. Metallica. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WNMR. Hey, before we uh, dive into anything, uh, yesterday we had uh, Tommy Davidson on uh, the show. Yes. And um, while he was here, uh, he, he was playing a gig last night, which was uh, comedy and music because he's a singer. And uh, Kyle Mack, our uh, video guru, uh, is also in a band called the FM Band. Yes. And he's a soul singer. And uh, we had mentioned it to him. And... Tommy invited Kyle to get up and play with him last night. That's so cool. Uh, we have some audio. Of yeah, yeah, uh, if hear. you want to hear yeah. when he got up on stage. So, what are we going to play here? Because I haven't listened to all of this. Um, well, I mean, we, we this have first to... one says Tommy helping out a young talent. Yeah, so I guess this is when he initially introduces uh, Kyle to okay. the crowd, and, and this is why. Play Tommy want wingy first. <laughs> okay, hang on a second. Let me get Tommy want wingy. Uh, it's going to take me a second. Uh, here it is. Tommy want wingy. Okay. So we got that. But this one, uh, this is uh, Kyle and Tommy. Uh, it says uh, them singing the chorus. So okay. we can try this one. Here we go. I mean, to, to be able to do that, to be able to harmonize like that without yeah. ever really even, you know, sitting down with a person, that's pretty impressive. And this is a little freeform back and forth vocal stuff going on. Mm-hmm. 
That's Kyle going yeah, up high. Yeah. I've heard him do that before. <laughs> Tommy to, to let him do that too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And he, was, you could see in the video, which I think I, I think uh, Kyle might have also had someone, uh, or he might have been doing some video work. Uh, but um, uh, you know, it's cool that they it all came together this way. Yeah. All right. This is the him setting it up, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in fact, we, uh, you know, we we were witness to this in the studio because we had told him that, hey, you know, oh, oh, by the way, Kyle's a soul singer. And then he said, you know, invited him onto the stage, and he said, you know, a lot of people help me out, you know, like, and he went through a list. He's like Chuck Berry, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, all these people that that brought him along on the on road. stage, yeah. yeah. All right, we, we never sang together. Okay, I saw him at the radio station. Rob said, I can sing. I said, come on, because a lot of people help me. A lot of people help me, man. Uh, uh, Chuck Berry helped me. This is him setting that up, or does yeah, he sing? Uh, uh, does he sing at the end? Uh, towards yeah, a little, just a little bit. bit. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so cool, man. Where did Chuck Berry ever farted in his mouth before? <laughs> he said no when he helped him. He asked. Okay. Yeah. Are you All sure? Because right. I thought he said, "Do you love me?" And then open your mouth. <laughs> just, just hookers. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. I'm glad uh, Kyle got to experience that, and he's uh, he's got video of it on his uh, on his Instagram, which is uh, the Kyle Mac, and Mac is spelled M A A C K. Uh, so I'm sure we'll post that video on our that's social awesome. stuff. So yeah, it's really yeah. cool. All right. Um, we need to. You know what? Uh, the shelves are getting full, Uh-oh. and we need to head to the store. Time to sashay on over to the odds and ends store where proprietor Preston Elliott will meet you at the door. <laughs> Always with a smile and a handshake. Come on in. And then he'll give you a cheese curl. Uh, <laughs> haven't done that in a while. Uh, so, there's some pretty interesting stories. We're going to start in the uh, in the murderer aisle. They sell matter- murderers there. <laughs> yeah, we, we got everything. Yeah, yeah. We have all the odds Listen, and ends. This is why we go to this store. It's incredibly comprehensive. Uh, a woman says she went on a Tinder date. With Idaho killings, the Idaho killings suspect in 2015. Yeah, uh, where apparently oh, he, uh, uh, Brian uh, Koberger is his name. Uh, he complimented her on her birthing hips and insisted oh. on coming into her room. Yeah, yeah. She said uh, he really has game. She was still in college. She went on a date with him. Uh, she uh, they they had matched on Tinder. Uh, they went to a movie together, and she said, but after, he drove her back to the dorm at uh, Penn State Hazleton. Uh, Willette recalled how he started being really pushy about uh, coming up with her to watch another movie. Her name, by the way, is Haley Willett, or Willette. And uh, when she agreed, the two went to her room to pick out another movie. She said she started to feel uncomfortable when Kohlberger... Was uh, she said he was very polite and nice during the date. Uh, she said he completely changed gears when they were in her room. Mm. She said he just seemed very different. Definitely felt uncomfortable at when he decided that he needed to wait outside of the bathroom for me. Uh, while in the bathroom, she pretended to quote loudly throw up 
before Koberger left. Ah. So she wanted to get him out of there. Right. Wow. And so she pretended to get sick. After that is effed up. She said, after an hour or so of him being gone, he messaged me and said, I had good birthing hips, and I just never messaged him back. And she said, uh, they never spoke again, uh, but she said she only remembered the date after she saw his mugshot in the news recently. She said, as soon as I saw his mugshot, I knew uh, he just has an unforgettable face. How many times did the good birthing hips line work for you when you were dating? <laughs> just a handful. Yeah, That's yeah, why yeah. I quite stopped using it. You look like sturdy stock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many murderers do you think you've ever encountered in your life? I, I keep a, uh, a journal. No, I, it, it, it's had to have statistically. happened. Listen, I t- I'll, 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 I'll touch on this. I'm not going to give too many of the specifics, but recently... <laughs> Uh, we found out uh, someone who has actually been in my house before uh, was arrested for potentially uh, bank robbery and maybe a lot worse. Like, uh, I mean, like, like this hardcore Nazi. Like American History X stuff. Yes. It's insane. Whoa. Yeah, crazy. Whoa. And and the reason that, uh, that the person was in my house was uh, our kids uh, were involved in the same organization. Right. Uh, a, a, a sports organization in our area. And uh, seemed normal to me. But Had this person I ever ha- gifted you with the home brewing kit? <laughs> <laughs> but but no, like, uh, like this person ended up becoming like a, a proponent of, of hardcore white supremacist, uh, just crazy stuff. And we, and this recently happened, like this arrest recently happened. Like uh, the, the article was sent to us by, you know, uh, up. by yeah. people who we know that knew this person as well and was like, look at this. And we're like, oh, my God. Well, it, yeah. Unbelievable. But I'll bet you, listen, especially for as many people as we uh-huh. meet. Encounter. Uh, it, you know, the thousands in, in uh, being in public. We had to. Have. Oh, we've met tons of criminals. Oh, yeah. We know people who had a whole GoFundMe scam. <laughs> oh, well, <God>. that. <laughs> but no, remember the one guy who went to jail, I think, for some sort of sexual, uh, sex assault? Yeah, but Casey's talking about a murderer. A murderer. It being... has to be statistically. You may... And you, the you, you, odds yeah. are you have no idea that someone was a murderer that that's in your life. Chances are you would report him if you thought they were. But, right. but um, yeah, it's statistically, I, I wonder if anyone's done a basic calculation odds wise you know they can say how many people the, the average distance the average american lives from a mcdonald's uh-huh. right, right statistically could you crunch the numbers and get yeah. your likelihood of encountering a murderer during your time as an american living on the in the continental united states we Probably. also did a, a whole i'm not going to say what it was but we did a whole promotion around someone and they had a lengthy record and we didn't know until afterwards yeah i think i vaguely remember yeah. that Did you write yeah. that name down uh, I don't know the name. I'll, okay. write the, I'll write the event down. All right. Yeah, I think I remember that. Um, hang on. I'm going to go to Heather. Hi, Heather. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Ed. Hey, good, good morning. morning. What's up, Heather? So uh, I, I'm going to say about 30 years ago, because I was probably about 17, 18 years old. I had a party at my house, um, and it was one of those, unfortunately, some people told other people told other people, and I ended up with a bunch of people who I didn't know yep. yeah. that were local. Um, and... Uh, you know, I, I wasn't really aware until about two or three years later. I found out that one of the one of the guys that was at my house, you guys maybe remember about 27 years ago, there was a guy in Philadelphia that 
uh, was killing prostitutes like okay. regularly. Oh. I, I don't I don't know if you remember that story. That's a serial killer right there. He, yeah, absolutely, like like four, five, six people, and and he was he was in my house. Wow, it was, it was scary to find out. Yeah, that. why yeah. was he in your house? She said she had a party, and other people invited other people, okay. and people invited others, a, and a prostitute killing party. Uh, and there yeah. were a lot of prostitutes there. No, but uh, they they ended up uninvited, and, and they were there, but. That's crazy, man, Heather. I mean, and then like us, when we realize that, we're like, "Whoa!" Yeah, you know, yeah. had I mean, no idea. Passively, again, you you the odds are at least decent. Yeah. All right. Thanks, I mean, Heather. Appreciate I was trying it. to find the um, news story of who she was talking about. Oh, okay, I have a friend of mine who she uh, she lives up here now, but for a number of years lived in Raleigh, North Carolina, and she was just telling us a story in the summertime that. Uh, uh, she had a group of friends that would get together on Sundays uh, for football. She loves football, and all these people would come to her house. And there was one guy that was part of this crew. He was a little bit off, um, but seemed nice enough. And so he would come over and hang out. And uh, as it turns out, like, he didn't show up to uh, for a few days and uh, weeks, actually. And people were like, oh, I wonder what, you know, just call him Jeff. I yeah. wonder what happened to Jeff. Is, is Jeff okay? So they ended up doing a wellness check on Jeff. And uh, as it turns out, he was dead in his home, and uh, he had been dead for, like, maybe a week or two. Had he been murdered? No. His mother, however, was also dead in the house and had been there for years. And so he had been coming over and hanging out with these people all the while his dead mom was living in the house. And okay. he had, and so. And she uh, still got on his case. And his story, yeah. And his story was that, you know, uh, he worked for UPS, never worked for UPS, and, and was just collecting her, like, social security for wow. years. And you, you, know, you, those, you never they, know what goes on behind uh-huh. closed doors. Did they ever find out if he had killed his mother or if she had died of natural causes and he just hid it? I think it was that. I think she had died of natural causes. Okay. I don't think he murdered her, uh, but she was, you know, she was dead. But, like, could you, you know? Because like, no one was coming into the house. Mm-hmm. That's why he died alone. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I mean, he purpose. Purposely did that. Well, imagine being this gal, or like Debbie Harry, who you remember the story. Uh-huh. She felt that Ted Bundy. She's pretty damn certain that Ted Bundy had picked her up one mm-hmm. night, and she just barely got away by the skin of her teeth. Like he didn't attack her or anything, but his his uh, his mode yeah. was in uh, full operation with her, and she got out of there. Imagine looking back and saying, "I was alone with this person, like this gal that went on a date mm. with this guy. He could have. You never know. He could, yeah. may, maybe he was." Gonna get laid, or maybe he was gonna try Do to something else. kill someone. Yeah, he's but in court. Geez. He's in court today. Uh, it's just a status conference. They said usually he's just deals with scheduling and stuff. But right. in Idaho, or, or still in PA? No, no, he's back in Idaho. Okay, wow. All right. Anyhow, I thought that was kind of interesting. So we're gonna leave the murder aisle, <laughs> and now let's move on to the aeronautics uh, section. We've got we have aircraft. This story oh, is just enormous. <laughs> it's huge. Uh, Elvis Presley's 1962 Lockheed 1329 Jetstar uh, aircraft uh, just sold for $260,000. That's right, man. To be honest, I thought it would have sold for more. Uh, yeah, exactly. It I was, mean, it's the king's plane, man. It was sold at the Meekum Kissimmee Collector Car Auction. Uh, in it's a plane, man. It's not a car. Florida, but they had it for some reason at the, at the car auction. Uh, That's what, a weird-looking car. Um, what it's got big wings on it. Uh, the King's 88th birthday on hand for the sale was uh, Priscilla Presley, who stood alongside the Meekum auctioneers during what turned out to be a decidedly lackluster bidding session. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm surprised, especially with all the, the, the new uh, energy involving Elvis and the movie and uh, Austin Butler winning the award. 
Elvis is always, you know, his stuff is always selling for big money. She told the auction house uh, Elvis loved planes, and this was one of them. Uh, This is my first auction, and I'm excited to be here. Today would have been Elvis's 88th birthday today. Bidding started at 100 grand, jumped to a buck 50, then at 200, it settled. What am I being a haul? And only with uh, plenty of coaxing did he get up to 240, where it stayed for a number of minutes. Finally, 260 came in from a telephone bidder. And uh, the reserve came off, and the hammer fell on that. Uh, who else has been to Graceland in this room? I have. Okay, and did you tour the plane that's there, the TCB? No, I did not. So across from the mansion, Steve, there's an Elvis museum, which is really cool. And um, there's, a, like, a road right in front of the mansion. Then you go to the other side of that, and the, the museum houses one of his other planes, huh. one of his jets. And you can... I never it, made it... Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, uh, it's also part of the museum, so you can get a tour of it. It's really cool. Uh, and it's got the TCB lightning bolt on, on the outside of it. Um, and it's, it's a neat thing to see if you ever go to... Very impressive, huh? Yeah, very impressive. TCB, man. man. Taking care of business. What's the yogurt place? Uh, that's uh, the country's best man, yogurt. that's good too, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, put some bacon in it. It's delicious, man. Somebody just put a big Y on the end of the TCB. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, it didn't help that the 61-year-old jet wasn't on hand at the viewing. It's currently parked in the desert gathering dust at the uh, Roswell International Air Center in New Mexico. Or I was going to ask if it was still viable. No, no, no. Okay. It sat there for close to 40 years and in fact... I'll fix that thing up, man, and fly it. Uh, part of the challenge for the new undisclosed buyer will be logistics. The Lockheed's four engines and most of its cockpit instrumentation were removed years ago, so it's not flying anywhere. Well, so now we know why it went for that price. And to transport the plane will requ- require plenty of disassembly uh, as it was reported last month, Elvis had bought the red and silver jet uh, in 1976, a year before his death, for $840,000, which would be worth about $4.4 million today. Huh. Uh, with room for nine passengers and three crew, the plane had a top speed of 565 miles per hour and a range of about 2,500 miles. Yeah, it's in crap shape. We're looking at pictures of it. Yep, it, it's all uh, all uh, falling apart, and despite, it looks like there's a hole in the cockpit window. Despite the sun bleached exterior, the interior looks to be in excellent shape, though. In Elvis fashion, it features uh, acres of red velvet upholstery. That's my favorite color, upholstery. Red? No, that's not a color. <laughs> oh, that's, all that's right, a, man. That's a, I was confused. No, it's a it's a um, fabric. A fabric. Thank you. I can't even think. <laughs> Thanks, Elvis. <laughs> Elvis knows. <laughs> See, he knew. Yeah. I know, man. Uh, also, I thought I was stupid, but I'm not, man. <laughs> also, red red shag carpet and gold-finished hardware. So oh, those fabrics. Yeah. Well, what are you looking for? Something like taffeta? <laughs> Is that a fabric? He opens anyway. up a Fabrics or Us type of uh, <laughs> shop in his later years. Let's look at some swatches. That's bad. Hey, Elvis, is this felt? It must be. That's a joke I do with Scylla. <laughs> Grab a breast and say, this must be felt. <laughs> <laughs> and when you do that, you go, uh-uh. You make that noise. Uh-uh. Train Tokyo, man. <laughs> must be felt. <laughs> Elvis knows fabrics. Uh, as to whether that $260,000 selling price is a bargain, <laughs> consider that just last November, uh, Meekum sold Elvis's 1971 Stutz Blackhawk Sports Coupe, <laughs> which he eventually gifted to his physician for $297,000. That went for more than the plane did. But yeah. it's probably in better shape. I would say you could take the fuselage if and, and turn it into sort of a, um, you know, like a, like a, a room or, you yeah. know... Uh, 
But listen, people with that crazy money will do stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, man. Yeah, buy all the fabric you want. Yeah. I really recommend that you see the movie, the Elvis movie. That, I mean, it's um, I must have seen it now seven, eight times. All right. know, yeah, I, I, I enjoy it. Is it is it the greatest movie ever made? No, but the performances are terrific. I love the way Baz Luhrmann directs, and it's a it's a pretty good um, uh, you know framing of that story. I will eventually get to that. Tom Hanks is good too. Um, by the way, I just watched. I, watched, I was telling Casey. Sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry. man. I just watched. Where are you going? Uh, sometimes I wait forever to see movies, and uh, there was a Tom Hanks movie I watched like last week. What's the name for me? I put it off forever. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Oh, it's, oh it's yeah. Yeah. Movie. a fantastic movie. Mr. Rogers, right? You like it? Absolutely, man. <laughs> that guy had a lot of a lot of fabrics. Yeah. Well, he had to make puppets and yeah. things, so he had yeah, to use fabrics. Some, uh, uh, Naga hide and stuff like that. <laughs> Naga hide? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I finally watched that movie, and Tom Hanks is in that. And it's, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, man. It, it's phenomenal. Does Elvis? Do you remember that song, Elvis? Beautiful day. In, it's a beautiful day, day in the neighborhood. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> went to a county. Went to a party at the neighborhood. Yeah. What did you think it was? It was a, a ca- uh, the. Uh, I went to a party in the county jail. It's Warden threw a party. At the warden county. threw a party. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's general invite. You can go down to the <laughs> prison party. Yeah. Anyway, I really loved uh, that movie, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. All right, we're moving on now. Thank you. Uh, let's go in to the hardware section. We do have a hardware store inside the... Uh, I mean, if we can sell murderers, you can sell hardware. Yep. And in, airplanes. Inside the, uh, uh, the general <laughs> store. So a new study from the Indian Institute of Technology suggests that transparent wood could one day replace plastic and glass packaging and biomedical tools. So wood that is actually, you can see through. It's an organic type of wood. I had never heard of this before. Um, and apparently it is a thing. So annually, You'd be able to see the Keebler elves. 400 million tons of plastic waste is produced worldwide, but transparent wood could help solve the eco-crisis. Um, so according to Professor Anish uh, Kathalf, it's his name, Kapoff. What is that? Lord of the Rings? Uh, had said, <laughs> transparent wood is mostly developed using thin slices of wood and has good strength as that of regular wood, but is lighter in weight. So is the ultimate goal to grow transparent trees? I don't know about that. That could be difficult if you're going into the woods. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're yeah. skiing. Uh, in recent times, transparent wood has been used in construction, energy storage, flexible electronics, and packaging applications. That's pretty amazing. I, I still don't understand. Even though it's thin. Is it like the cellulose of the That's what I'm thinking. Walls? Like, yeah. Yes. Because it says thin slices of wood. But, I mean, you know. Like silk, man. It's going <laughs> to thicken up eventually. I might be speaking out of turn, but I think cellulose is really um, hard and also see-through. And so if they're able to um, extract the cellulose from the the plant cell, they might be able to make thin wood that way. Elvis, it might be like the fabric in the uh, uh, in the Emperor's New Clothes. That's right, man. You see right through yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. But hey, he's being scammed, man. He's yeah. completely naked. He fell for it, man. The he way did. I fell for a few things. That's right. Like uh, Colonel Tom Parker. Yeah. Can it be any wood or is there a specific? Norwegian wood. Okay. Uh, that's a Beatles song. Yeah, that's right, man. Okay. Um, I'll I don't take know. Uh, potent can, potable fish. <laughs> can you look up a uh, transparent wood yeah. and and see what in that, humans what it is all about? Uh, it says while transparent wood was created in 1992, hmm. uh, it was pro- a big year for wood. Uh, production technology would need to improve uh, to see it 
uh, to see widespread use of it. Well, how so, would you see it if you actually perfected that's it? That's a damn good question. Where is it? But I don't know if it's so transparent that it would be replacing things like I, glass. I'd say it's more, ob- it looks uh, fogged or more opaque a little. Uh, you, so in other words, we're seeing a picture where it's in frosty where there's a leaf behind it yeah. and you can see the leaf sort of through it. Is glass, um, I mean, does it put a strain on, on our, our uh, ecology? And No, this is more for plastic. Plastic, right? Yeah. But like, honestly... I mean, do you have to see through the same way you see through plastic? Like, if you're drinking a, a Diet Coke or something like that, I mean, do, you just, I mean, you drink it out of a can, you don't see through no, the there can. Are plenty, there are plenty yeah. of cups that are, you yeah. know, like this coffee mug. Yeah. Here. It's, yeah. They're opaque. I don't think that's what they're yeah. saying they're they're using it for, but there may be applications for it. Right. Where something does need to be well, somewhat so, transparent. So that, I assume as a result, or it's biodegradable, yes? I don't know. I think so. I think well, it might be the wood. What do you think, Hang on. man? I'm going to uh, Andrew. He's got something to tell us about transparent wood. Hey, uh, morning, uh, Andrew. Hey, guys. Good morning. It. What's morning, up, man. buddy? Hi. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just wanted to tell you guys about a uh, YouTube channel uh, called Nile Red N I L E R E D, and he goes through the process of how the thin strips of wood become transparent. He actually does it. Uh, goes through the whole process of doing it in a video. Okay. Um, it's a pretty scientific video, and it's kind of long, but if you're even remotely interested in it, I would just say, you know, uh, check it out. It's, okay. It's I, actually pretty interesting. Nile, I think Nick's... Nile Red. We'll check that out. Thank you, Andrew. I think, Nick, your take about the the, uh, the cellulose, the uh, that, that seems to be the most logical, right? I because had, it, I was uh, in the neighborhood. Okay. Yeah, so here's the... I like Mr. Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> Do we that have guy over there works for them. <laughs> uh, Mr. Rogers we got like invisible trees that guy's working on over there in that house. Uh, it says here, transparent wood is created when wood from the fast-growing, low-density balsa tree. Balsa wood, man. Is treated, that stuff's really light. Really light, man. Uh, treated to a room temperature oxidizing bath that bleaches it of nearly all visibility. That's pretty wild. Uh, the wood is impenetrated with a synthetic polymer called polyvinyl alcohol, or PVA, creating a product that is virtually transparent. The natural cellulose in its wood structure and energy-absorbing polymer filler in transparent wood means that it is far more durable and lighter than glass. Not to go off on a complete tangent here, but have you seen... I'm just happy that we have this. Would yeah. you be mine? Anyways, uh, they have this other polymer that bends light that basically, um, it basically provides you an invisibility shield. Have you oh. seen this that they've worked on? No. It's pretty amazing. Now, you can sort of see shadowy movement, you know, if somebody's behind it a little bit. But if you weren't looking for it, someone could hide behind something like this and you would not be able to see them. Okay. It's pretty wild. I I do think, though, uh, you know, with the plastics and stuff that we use, that there is, um, they, they, they use too much of it. There, there's an excess of it. We, you know, we, um, for instance, we will drink this uh, peached uh, iced tea and the 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 iced tea the it, it's like you know the sugary stuff that you pour in and then yes. you, all right so they they come in these little little packets right and they're perfect by themselves but for some reason they put these little packets inside a like a plastic jar that is unnecessary mm. do you know what i mean like yeah. and it just it, to me it makes zero sense and i'm like this is just a, a waste right no i know what you're saying there are times when i use like you know cure eggs and i'm like wow that's a 
That's a lot of plastic. That's a lot of waste. And Kathy, we try, try to use the, the reusable thing. What's that brand of tampons that comes in a steamer trunk? <laughs> it's a big waste. All right. Uh, let me see. One more story, and then we got to take a break because Bill is coming up. One more. Uh, a typical Philadelphia driver spent last year 114 hours stuck in traffic. Oh, God. Uh, and it's apparently the fourth worst road congestion among urban centers in the United States. And what's crazy is uh, Los Angeles, yeah. uh, their uh, drivers spent about 95 hours on average. That was a year. real eye-opener when, yeah. I, when I read this because it's like Los Angeles has that rep case. You got caught in a bit of it on your road trip. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and, and apparently everything pressed by the estimation here is pretty much up to pre-COVID levels as far as uh, your duration of your uh, morning commute or evening commute and just the congestion of the roads in general. Yeah, depending on where you are. In a nutshell, growing congestion uh, tells the story of recovering from uh, COVID-19. Uh, during much of the pandemic, tra- traffic steadily increased throughout the day, a change from the traditional pattern when it trailed off after a morning rush. And now the traditional morning peak associated with commuting is coming back along with the usual traffic spikes in the afternoon and evening. Uh, one likely cla- cause is an increase in hybrid work as employers require people to spend at least some time back in the office with yes. typical early morning start times. But even though uh, time lost to bottlenecks rose 27% in Philadelphia, and its most traveled suburbs compared with 2021, the metro area uh, still has 20% less traffic than it did in 2019. So the city mm-hmm. overall is not seeing an issue, but, it, you know, obviously the outlying areas. Yep, yep. Uh, right. I mean, all I have in that. So it's almost five full days stuck in traffic. Yeah. It's oh, crazy. I've, Casey, there, I, if I were to do the math on the amount of days that of my life that I've spent in traffic when I was working at Y100, you know, uh-huh. it, it, when I, I was coming down from New York, I would come down on uh, on Sunday afternoon, yeah. uh, you know, and especially during the summer with traffic coming back from the Hamptons. It would take me like five, five hours, five and a half hours. I've been in every crappy commute in the country. And uh, you just want to die. You talk about being trapped. How great was it when Claire was like, yeah, I think I'll move down now. Oh, it was the best. (laughs) It was the best, yeah. Um, So I use Waze a lot, Press. I know you use Waze a lot. What what if every single driver on, uh, let's just say in the United States, every single driver in the United States sped up, used Waze. Do you think the technology, the, the, I don't know if it's AI or whatever, the technology in Waze could then... Because everybody that's in their cars is using this would be able to basically figure out a way to not bottleneck everything. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't think so. You have the variables of all, all you know, last second decisions and stuff like that. And, it, you know, you're, you're always going to get that. Yeah, there's obviously accidents and, and people that drive at different paces. But uh, that's why the idea of autonomous vehicles that communicate with each other mm-hmm. uh, would help relieve some of that flow problem. Well, I think one, one of the most interesting, well, but like in Minority Report, right? they have yeah. a depiction of what that might be like. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that would be your closest to what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, essentially that's what Waze is doing. It's talking to other Wazers. Like when you're driving, yes. you can see who the other Wazers are. Uh, yeah, they're the all, it gets its information from all the users. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without question. 20, 23 years ago, whenever it was, I worked at Traffic.com. I've talked to you guys about it before. Kathy ended up doing traffic reports from there. And Casey, part of their intent was when building these grids where they could measure how fast cars were going was to eliminate traffic or, or at least to reduce it. it. It's, to Steve's point, the amount of chaos that's involved with drivers um, all but makes that impossible. Because yeah. you just, you can't. 
control it. I, I, I understand your point. And, you can and, tamp it down a bit. Yeah, and, and knowledge of where traffic is actually happening helps to eliminate some of it. So when Kathy does a traffic report, it, in theory, that will allow somebody to avoid that, to not get on that road. By the way, with our 114 hours uh, in traffic, wasn't that the number 114? Yeah, 114. Um, here's some uh, perspective. Chicago is the most congested area in the United States. Drivers lose an average of 155 hours. <laughs> Just no way to live. That was last year. And by the way, Chicago was second only worldwide to London. Mm. London is the worst in the world. Mm. Uh, Boston... And New York followed that up. So if you're in Boston, which has horrible roads as well, just because it's an old, old city. Yeah. And, and Like Philadelphia. Things don't make sense. And even after the big dig, it's still, you know, yeah. it's still that way. Boston's 134 hours and New York City's 117 hours. I still think D.C.'s the worst. I, I hate driving <sighs> in and around D.C. The Beltway's terrible. The Beltway is horrible. Steve, you know, we're talking about L.A., like... Um, yes, there are a lot of people in Los Angeles, but at least the roads are relatively modern and, and, and wide. wide. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what is the what is the road, Preston, or the, the thoroughfare that you will take every effort to avoid, like the plague <laughs> around, in around, here, around here? Oh, Sunday. around here. What uh, one will you take every opportunity yeah, to avoid? It's a schoogle. It's yeah. just yeah. it's it's, it's you know, got to be right. It's, it's two lanes for most of it. Uh, at least where I travel, and uh, and you have very little option uh, from time to time. I mean, the turnpike sucks because you've got long distances between exits, and and if you would just don't want to sit there, and even though it might take you the same amount of time to take back streets, yeah, you would prefer it because you're moving. You don't have that option. Uh, but yeah, Schuylkill Expressway is just it's, it's terrible. Schuylkill and, and the Boulevard, and you know what? And and all that that clogging that happens around the Conshohocken Curve. You know why that is? Because the road turns a little bit, yeah, and for well, some they're reason, on the brake. yeah, and oh, for some, and, yeah. and it causes this. You don't really Did you get stuck in it yesterday. Yes, on the way home. I yes, they were doing constru- not construction; they were trimming Trees. tree work. Yeah, oh. and so and the I right- sent you. I wrote a text to send to both of you, and. I didn't hit send. Oh, oh no. I know. I'm going to F with them. I was so mad. I'm like, oh, they probably got stuck in it. I saw this video study, and it was just they had all these cars that were driving, like, uh, basically on a roundabout. And it just said, this is how traffic happens. And just one car, one time, hit its, and there was no reason for it to put its brakes on, but it, it hit its brakes. And then, sure enough, in a matter of, like, a half of a minute, yep. it was, you know, cars coming to a complete stop for no reason. It's crazy. Yeah. Case you know what? Actually, I saw a documentary on the efficacy of the uh, traffic circle. And if we replaced intersections <laughs> with traffic circles, which you think would be a nightmare, they work. It, they, it would oh, work. Yeah. It actually speeds that. up. The flow of traffic and cuts yeah. down on all that nonsense. Uh, Preston, you had asked the question yesterday, what makes you irrationally angry? Mm-hmm. When when I come to a complete stop on a highway, mm-hmm. okay, and then you then you, you end up going uh, and you find out that there was no reason for you to make a complete stop. There was like nobody was uh, pulled over. There was no accidents. There was, there was I, no I, construction. I want to see, like, see a fire. I yes, want to see... Something. I want to see a, a helicopter taking people well, away. Yeah. This morning, I, I was stuck in something on the school call, and I never saw yeah. anything. There was nothing. I'm like, what? It's just effing with Is it? <laughs> well, we, we're all in it together. 114 hours last year. Wasted time. It's the one <clears throat> saving piece of uh, <clears throat> what, what I hang on to when uh, the alarm clock goes off at 345 in the morning. <laughs> 
that I won't have to sit in traffic, much like people are doing at this very moment. Yes. So but, uh, we get in early so we can hang out with what you. What an eye-opener, though, when you were off and we oh. we end up commuting in that. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Yep. All right, uh, that's it. Closing up shop. That's all we have time for right now. So bye-bye. Thank you guys for stopping by. So long, soldier. Uh, we do have our uh, buddy David Tell is going to be joining us in a little bit. He is going to be at Helium Comedy Club, and he's got a bunch of shows that are selling out real, real fast this next week. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. Uh, on, on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Our next guest is going to be at Helium Comedy Club next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. And only Thursday 9.30 tickets are still available. So the rest are sold out. Philadelphia loves this guy. We love him. We'd love to see him, but he can't work his Zoom correctly. <laughs> Dave Attell is yeah. on the show this week. Hi, Dave. Hey, uh, how's it going? I apologize. I, I don't seem to be able to, like... <laughs> Get the uh, video going. It's no problem. We can hear you loud and clear. Yeah, That's sound, all that matters. You sound good. How you doing, man? I'm all right. I mean, uh, it's been a while, so I'm excited to get back down there to the uh, club. That's why uh, I don't know what's going on, but we're adding the show. So how cool is that? Yeah, listen, you're, uh, people love you here. We love you, you know, and, and the fact that you can fill up those shows and the fact that you take time to come on with us, because I guarantee you that Thursday slot will sell out quickly. Uh, you have you never took really. Did you take a, 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 any sort of substantive hit? I mean, obviously COVID. You know, as far as a, a touring impact, but you seem to still do a lot of stuff even during that time. It's not like you lost a lot of ground. Am I right, or am I misperceiving that? Well, I um, had to cancel a lot of uh, of my um, tours overseas. You know, right, right. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You don't, you don't you know, you know, I used to do all those, um, you know, um, uh, all those airports and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I, I'd say that the touring has never been better. Uh. Uh, last year it started once they started opening everything up. And it was definitely this kind of like almost like um, it, it, it was it, it was like one of those things where it was like uh, um, uh, running with the bulls where like the crowd was ahead of the comics. Like they couldn't wait to come out, you know? Well, yeah, but, but also you do a ton of, of uh, voiceover animated stuff. You're, you know, you're, you're working on a number of shows. Um, you know, there's obviously uh, film stuff. So your, your, your dance card is pretty full. Well, I don't know whose Wikipedia you're looking at. But <laughs> I, um, yeah, no, I'm a club guy. And I, uh, that's why I really like the Philly club because it's really classic, you know, it's just the right uh, size, and it's also, um, you know, it's downtown, and now, like, it's very rare to actually play a club that's downtown, so it's always fun to be actually in the town you're, like, playing, you know, instead of, like, yeah. out on a route or, like, you know, three counties over, you know. <laughs> right. No, I, 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 it, it's a fantastic club, and I always say it puts me in mind of uh, Caroline's, which has is, is closing, or has it officially closed now? 
Dave? Yes, uh, New Year's was the last uh, shows, and I was the uh, last person, I guess, to headline. And uh, it was very sad. It was really, like, very, very, very sad. And uh, Caroline was there, and uh, all the, um, you know, the staff, and, like, a lot of people who had been, you know, you know, a lot of New York comics all came by, and I had to put them all on because, you know, it's like everybody wanted to, like, be on the stage one last time. So it was was, was sad, but it was also a lot of fun because... The crowds, a lot of them had seen me there that week for years and years and years because that was like the week between Christmas and New Year's. So it was kind of like part of their holiday tradition. Uh, that's awesome. And I was like, you know, you know, it, it was definitely, I don't know. I kind of feel now how the band on the Titanic felt, you know. <laughs> I didn't want to stop playing. <laughs> Near my God to thee. Exactly. Uh, Dave, I've seen you. I've seen you in small settings. Uh, you you were um, uh, gracious enough and, and generous enough to to play for us at the uh, the Camp Out for Hunger, our, our annual food drive, and that's a small setting. I've seen you in small clubs, and, I, I, and I've seen you in a theater setting. I, I saw you in Boston at the Wilbur Theater, and I've also I've seen comedy in a big arena. And so I, I know you said you, you prefer the, these smaller clubs, but um, you know, have you ever played a giant arena like a Wells Fargo Center or anything like that? And, and what is that like for you? Uh, that's a that's a good question. I I played um, the Madison Square Garden. We they uh, do the benefit for the nine uh, eleven, right? And I got to be a part of like one of like many many comics. That's John Stewart charity. Uh, Pete Pete Davidson. There's a lot of uh, big names there. Dave Chappelle, of course, closed it, but it was cool to like actually be in that room. And it's amazing how like it's so big, but yet the acoustics. I don't know how they set it up. It really felt great. You could feel the crowd coming right back at you. So it was definitely like one of those moments, like, you know, like, wow, man, this is like, you know, like deep purple, like <laughs> this is crazy. But I have one more Caroline's thing for you guys is that we always were talking like, well, what are they going to do here? I mean, like, this is a weird space. You go down these steps and like, yeah. In the basement. So I guess they're opening a ping pong place there. Uh, you can open one of these like ping pong bars. It's Sarandon's so, place. Right? Susan Sarandon yeah. is like huge yeah. into that. Is it one of hers? Yeah, that's what I read. I think it is. Yeah. So we have to play it. I don't care. You <laughs> <laughs> can shoot the balls at us. Whatever they want to do. How's your How's your ping pong game? Is it good? I guess it'll get better because that's where the work is. You got to go away. Yeah. But it's, it's weird how like. You know, you're like, well, what else could, like, pay this kind of rent? This is right in Midtown. You're like, of course, ping pong, you know. I don't know how much they're paying per ball or per paddle or per hour. (laughs) Yeah, I'm surprised it wouldn't be a pickleball joint. That's really been taken off. Yeah, well, there you go. That's if you really want to make money, you know. Is is, is there any intent for, and I didn't get the full story. I know that that original location was closing, but is there plans to, to go anywhere else, or is this done and done? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure, you know, Caroline's put her heart and soul in the whole thing. And, um, you know, for years and years, decades, actually, you know, because I was like originally when I was a young comic, I was on the uh, Caroline's uh, Comedy Hour. That was like their cable. I think it was on A&E. Wow. And we were all writers on the show. We got to do sketches. And the hosts were Colin Quinn, who's still a a role model of mine, and uh, Richard Jenny, who no longer is with us. But it was funny how, like, we talked about that on stage a little bit. And, you know, she told us about, you know, just so many great comics have been there. So, you know, the memorabilia alone in the club, you know, like that alone, like she should definitely. I think they're bringing some of it to the Comedy Museum upstate. So would it ever be worth it for you to open up a comedy club, Dave? I don't know. I, you got to get the right people yeah. involved. Like, um, do you have the number of that FDX guy? You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's got funding. Yeah, yeah. He's got tons uh, of I don't funding. Know what I'm doing, and I'm too old to like. 
I, I wouldn't know what I'm doing. It's so easy to go in. Like, you take it for granted. You go in, you know, the lights are on, there's heat, and, like, you do your show, and yeah. then, you know, hopefully you get paid and you leave, you know? Whereas the people have to be there day after day. You know, that's a whole different story. But when I was younger, I always wanted to open a bar. Who didn't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I dodged that bullet. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it's like, it's like having rental properties. There's, there's just, there's... There's a nightmare with all that stuff and handling that all, and I, I, I think it, 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 I think it would just eventually. I mean, obviously, you, you are. Not, I mean, you're one of my absolute favorite stand-ups. You're just a state of the art, and I listen. I, I default to your material all the time when I put on stuff. Um, and uh, to me, you have a pure love of it. And anytime you you get to or you have to be involved in the in the nuts and bolts, it starts to extract the joy from it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, you know, I kind of know my place in the business. And um, there's some guys who like, you know, like guys with way more money than me who like um, open restaurants. And that usually kind of goes south pretty quick because you got to be there every day. You can't just go like, hey, I'll get a cousin to do this. Or, right. you know, mm-hmm. here's a friend of mine from college that seems to know what he's doing. You got to be there. But I, I still enjoy doing the shows. And I think that the crowds, especially like um, – you know, since the uh, opening of everything, the crowds have been, like, way cooler and stronger on the road. I'd say that, like, sensitivity factor, you get that, like, in New York, you know, maybe some uh, West Coast. But the majority of the people, they're out, they get it, they want to have fun, you know. Like, my crowd's always particularly good that way, like, you know, especially, like, Philly, D.C. I'll be in um, Magoobies as well, that's uh, outside of Baltimore, you know. I'm, I'm playing, like, a lot of the um, East Coast for now and then working my way west, but... A lot of it has to do with just um, things are open and, uh, you know, people are coming out. And, yeah. you know, let's hope the economy holds up. You know, I watch every day, I get up, I check the weather and the price of gas. Just, <laughs> yes. you know? Yeah, that's pretty Dave, much it. Yeah. Dave, you mentioned uh, some people have, uh, you know, hit the uh, hit the money train. And uh, you you are revered by comedians uh, and, and people have had tremendous amount of success and and. Uh, so, so your your legend is is set in this world, but there are some people who all of a sudden, for whatever reason, connect and they hit this this big money, this cash cow. And I'm curious what it's like for some comedians who don't quite attain that level. And if you see somebody who you know hit it, and you're like, "Hey, that's great for you, you son of a bitch." <laughs> uh, I'm all, I'm always for um, you know I'm not really competitive or anything like that. I mean, I know what I'm doing and I do what I do, and I guess that's kind of the the way I've always been, uh, you know, like kind of going through this uh, process is just it's my own game. And like, you know, you can you can look at the other players, but really it's like how 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 you, you know, shoot the ball. But there's a definitely there's definitely a lot of money to be had. Uh, but there also is like, uh, you know, for a comic who makes big money, we're always all for it when it's like okay. a guy out of the, uh, you know, like the world, I guess you could say the uh, digital world. Yeah. We, you see this TikToker over here, this guy who's. Balancing something on his, you know, on his head. This guy, you know, is like a hundred million hits and he's making all this kind of money. And you're like, wow, you know, that's crazy. That's amazing. So I never thought I'd live to see something like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's, it's kind of wild. It's funny that we we were talking to, to a couple of people, you know, and and uh, the people over at Helium. And, and you know, that sometimes they'll bring in these YouTube people or whatever. And, yes. and, and they find out in short order that uh, uh, there's a difference between talking into your phone and talking to a room full of people who've paid to see you, and it it, it can sure. be very sobering. Yeah, it's different doing it live in front of the audience than actually doing it to the, I guess you could say the metaverse people. But they seem to like you know they draw their crowd. I don't know if their crowd 
you know, gets it or not, because not only uh, is the comic a little shaky in person, it's also the uh, the audience. You know, there's a lot of people who, you know this as well as me, is that, like, you know, they get most of their news and entertainment, like, online. So when they actually come out, you know, it kind of, like, shakes them. You know, they're like, what's going on here? I can't believe I can't, I can't fast forward or something yeah. like that. You know, it's it's funny. On on another note, um, uh, Davis, anytime anything comes up in in the in the classic porn realm, or the name pops up, or you know, uh, uh, sure. I'll chuckle. The story recently, I don't know if you saw about Ron Jeremy. Um, there, they the in his lawsuits, uh, they've determined that he has dementia. Did yep. you see this? Does he he does he have classic dementia? Because um, you know, my mom has dementia, and that's like. I know we're leading in a different direction, but I will say one thing about dementia is that it is different for every person. Right. So, so I'll say right now, like dementia is, I don't know if you've ever spent time with somebody with yes. dementia. Yeah. It's very weird. And uh, with my mom, who, who is still a sweetheart, thank God her personality hasn't changed. She will offer me a cup of coffee a hundred times. <laughs> right. Uh, like it's really one of these things where it's like, you know, is this some kind of form of interrogation? Like, <laughs> like of, but then I have to answer differently every time. So she doesn't think I'm making fun of her. I'll right. be like, you know what? No, I don't think I should. Or like, yeah. Oh, God, I just had one. You know, like I right. have to like come up with different ways of saying no. Yeah, I, I don't know what type uh, that uh, that Ron has or not, but both the uh, in this legal suit that he's in, uh, both the prosecution and the defense have said, yeah, he's uh, he's gone. They they tested him and he's he's got that. Well, that's yeah. that's a shock. Yeah. I would say anybody who has to take care of somebody with dementia, you know, um, God bless, because uh, no one seems to care about us, and that is a really rough ride. So any of these people, my fans or whoever's listening, who have to take care of adults. With uh, that, my sister's a real angel. You know, I really just pay the bills and go out there. But honestly, that is a rough, rough situation. It's one of those things where, like, when you're younger, you know, and you're with your parents and you're like, you know, one day I'll take care of you. But you're not thinking it's going to be something like this. Right, right. Yeah, no. You know, you don't see that, like, when you're a little kid. You have no idea, like, what it is. I thank God every day. My my dad's 94 and he's, uh, you know, super sharp. And that, that really, above all else, if you can maintain that. Um, you know it's that, amazing. yeah, I mean, I, his ability to recall things exceeds mine and, uh, you know, he's, he's amazing. So that, that's what you always want. It's a, it's a quality of life issue. How, how old is your mom, Dave? She's, um, well now I'll put a joke out there. She's 48. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's 87. Uh, God and, bless. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, um, you know, every day is a different day, but I will just say that like, uh, you know, You'll see if you come down to the show, I do jokes, a little, some jokes about it. But, but it really is like one of those things where you're like, it really does blow your mind how like crazy it is to see what happens to people yeah. like that. So all I'm going to say is I, and I'm sure you feel the same way too. As you get older, you're like, I think I got this. Cause <laughs> like, I can't remember anything, you know, like part of my job is to like see something and like put the facts in the, in the joke, you yeah. know, like to make it real and all that. So I like I'll read something or watch a documentary. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting topic. And then I'll have to go rewatch it and like write stuff down to like, oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. You know, Neptune, you know, like whatever. It was. <laughs> <laughs> <Not> <laughs> Neptune. Really, really a time suck. If you want to know. Yeah, yes. no, forgetfulness is way different. My mom's going through it right now. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Dave. Well, they say they have some things for it, you know, like um these these drugs and all that kind of stuff. And I told my sister, I go. No, they don't. They don't got anything. Right. They keep testing them. Like, it's really 
interesting to see like these weird, like I guess you could say snake oil things that are going on out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, she had trouble sleeping. She was wandering, which is weird. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, you got to put locks on the inside of the door and people know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That don't want them to go out or anything like that. So, uh, you know, I said like, you know, I'm not into weed or anything like that, but isn't this like a weed situation? And right. then, you know, my sister's like, no, the doctor says you can't do anything with weed or, you know, any kind of sleeping stuff because it, uh, their brain, I'm like, really? I mean, honestly, mm. like what more could it do? Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's 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 all sorts of I mean, not to, to go off on a tangent here, but there's all sorts of things like, I, you know, my my mom passed away years ago from lung cancer and, and pain mitigation was completely uh, eluding her. And eventually we I just you know, I've never smoked pot in my life, but I was able to procure pot for her at that time. We're talking decades ago. And it, uh-huh. it it got rid of the pain. So yeah, it's just it's a bizarre, you know, we're, the, these these hills that they'll die on. You know, when, if it's if it's helping people handle their life situation, let them do it. For sure, I totally agree with that. And I also think that, like, um, you know, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I'm sure Philly has like its um, dispensaries <laughs> and things like that. Like New York was yep. so far behind. Like we're just. I think they got one up now. You know, most of it is still like you go to a bodega and you have to know somebody, that kind of thing. But I would say that, like, there's money to be made in it. And if it can help people, then that's a great thing, you know. And um, hopefully, uh, you know, what can I tell you? Like, you know, it's a new year, so hopefully we'll get through it. You know, there won't be any kind of decline or anything like that. Yeah. It is a stressful thing. You know, like, that's a lot of the reasons why, like, when I travel, it becomes, like, a whole other thing, having to call and make sure everything's all right, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You make any, uh, you make any plans for the new year? Are you a resolution guy or, or uh, map out, you know, vacations or anything like that at the start of the year to kind of get prepared for it? Well, I don't know about, um, you know, you can't see me, my, my camera, so I guess one of my resolutions is buying a new computer. It's <laughs> 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 really working. It's so funny how it's not working. It's <laughs> Like very mysterious Solomon Rushdie style, like I'm in a secret location. Right. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, I apologize to the fans because I think it's cool that we're doing it this way. But I guess my resolution is to like actually put some more content out there. I never do that, so put some more content out there, and um, you know, kind of get through the year where I can totally, um, you know, start. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a lot of road work because that's what I do. But I, I would like to like also have like you know, a couple of moments where, like, take a break. So we'll see what happens. You know, well, it's up, you're, it's you're, up to the interest rate. Your so special road work is on Netflix, but you did that a while back, right? Yeah, I'm doing another one now. Okay. Well, you I know, have trouble putting stuff out because I feel like jokes are never finished. So, yeah. you know, I really am in, in, indecisive. Oh, my God. I, I I quote your stuff all the time. I mean, your your, your stuff is, is brilliant. And I'll tell you this. I see it all the time, people bringing up, um, you know, uh, do you have, let's just put it this way. Do you have any desire to stay up all night and do another show? <laughs> because I'm up, I stayed up, I stayed up uh, for this. So, uh, <laughs> I'm, always afraid to, I'm always afraid to like, you know, I'm going to miss something. So I'll just stay up, but, but no, I have no desire to do any, like any, any stuff like that. Like I did a couple of, uh, I did like a, I actually got to be on some interesting shows the last year or so, which like Michael Che's uh, sketch show on HBO. Yeah. That was fun. Amy uh, Schumer's show, like I've done that a couple times. That's a lot of fun. And uh, Pete uh, Davidson's show, uh, Buckus, is uh, is uh, on, is just starting now too. So that was cool to work with the other comics, especially the younger ones, you know. And I like that. I like, you know, I'm like anything you want me to do. Homeless guy, weirdo. <laughs> you know, 
Well, yeah, I'll tell you this. Anytime we have any comedian through here and your name comes up, there's there's so much reverence. But the thing they always say about you is that you're 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 very um, you know, you're you're very encouraging and and you you always uh, you know you always uh, lend a hand and and uh, that's a good legacy to have. Well, I hope I you know uh, you know. That's you guys have been always really good to the comics, and I appreciate that too. Because you know, this is like I guess you could call this like analog, as they say. This is how it used to be, where you know the comic would come on and he would you know talk to like people who get it, and like you guys are comedy fans and you guys know comedy. Whereas now, like a lot of it is just basically like rando, like web, like just tossing stuff out there. Yeah. So I like this too. You know, this is the way to do it. And thanks for being so um, there for us, the comics. You know? Oh, our you pleasure. guys really like. When I did your benefit, I still look at that as like one of the things of like when you're going to do something to help people, you got to make it fun and you got to make it big and you got to get a lot of people involved. And I think you guys always hit that. You always oh, hit. Hey, um, when you did do that, um, meeting you, I was like really, really nervous. And uh, be, because I, I do, you know, and I've, I've loved your comedy for, for a number of years now. And, you know, because and I know you're going to hate the way this sounds. Because you're so revered in in that world, um, like when you do meet people, like you know, how do you like how does how do you receive that? Because I know you're kind of a humble person, right? When but, he meets fans, yeah. When when you meet fans or or any comics that are that are coming up, yeah, you're saying how does he process the adoration? Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, that's nice of you to say, but I, I do remember at the actual uh, fun at the food drive that like. Uh, the biggest joke of the night was like a lot of a lot of people look at me like they wanted to hand me some food. Right. right. <laughs> I, like <that. laughs> yeah, I like I always like that. But I, I would say that um, you know, another thing that I always loved about the the food thing is like, you know, you pick the saddest place to do it. It's like one of those like weird like you know, I hate to bring up the migrants, but it felt like that, like this kind of weird, cold, wet. There's never enough light where there's too much light. You know, it's like Red Dawn. It's like the re-education camp. And then you have like that little carnival to take some of the bean out of it. Which yeah, you're, you're spot on. Yeah, Ferris wheel helps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but back to your question is like, there's so many new comics, like I never know who's who. And for a while there, I would never like, engage with any of them because i really did think a lot of these people are just reporters like they yeah. want to get a book on or an, a magazine on about the comedy world and they're going to pretend they're a comic and hang out and now i get it that it's just like a ton of new comics and like you know i'm the same as them i don't think i'm any further along or better than them we're all doing spots and i still like at the comedy salon in new york and a lot of your fans come up to the city i go on last i usually am the last guy the old man i'm the last guy because you know that's the hardest and that's really we got to earn it so that's what I do. I'm not, you know, to be honest, every day I'm trying to get better like anyone else. Well, speaking of new comics, uh, one of your openers is is Ian. Is it Fidance or Fidance? I'm, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce yes, his last name. Ian. Yeah. Yes. I've become a real big fan of his. We had him in studio a month or so ago, and he's a Philly guy, and he's opening for you at Helium uh, next weekend. Um, how did you guys end up hanging out, and, and uh, how many times has he opened for you? Uh, Ian is not really an opener. He's a headliner. Yeah. And um, he's out actually in... Um, uh, Denver, Colorado, right now headlining. So he'll uh, do these gigs with me, and like sometimes it's for like you know the fun of it. Sometimes it's like a new club, and he just wants to get in the door. But uh, I'm lucky to get these guys to come out with me, and we uh, have a lot of fun. You know, I bring in them, I, I I bring them out, and they all know they can do whatever they want. And like at the end of the show, they come back out, and we kind of go riff and roll with each other. And like um, 
then we uh, sell some merch and hopefully we find a place to eat. But yeah. that's about it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I would say that I met Ian in the New York comedy scene. And, like, uh, I, I, I would say when you talk about, like, guy who could do so many different things, he's pure energy. Yeah. He definitely, you know, anybody who's looking to, like, um, cast a guy in a movie or something like that, like, he's he's totally, that's the guy. He really is so funny and he's got a great look and he's just like up for anything. So I, 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 he, as much as I'm afraid of like promoting, he's like, uh, he loves it. He loves to promote. He loves mm-hmm. to be, you know, like, um, getting the word out there, video clips, him and his cat. It's kind of weird, but you know, he's that guy. <laughs> uh, any chance that you guys now you have to be a promoter, you know, that's yeah, really- yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, any chance that you're going to bring back, uh, bumping mics? Is that going to uh, come back anytime soon? Oh, I'd love to do more dates with Jeff, but Jeff's so busy too. You know, Jeff was, um, Actually, it was really funny because as I was at Caroline's, he was there weeks earlier, and he did the same thing. He brought on as many comics as he could, and we both said, oh, that would have been cool if we both were in town at the same time because we would have went on each other's shows, but we were on the road. But Jeff had, like, the ultimate gig. Jeff always does these crazy great gigs. For New Year's Eve, he was with Bill Maher in Hawaii, and they were playing, I'm sure, like a really cool theater, like in a great place. And I was like, you know, New York, you know, you're in Times Square, and, like, you know, you're just basically, you know, bobbing and weaving through COVID <laughs> as like, uh, you know, a million people are walking by. And I was like, wow, Jeff always knows how to do it. And when he doesn't do that, he he like goes to Europe and he'll do like amazing shows with Chappelle. And like, he's great. I, I, I really think Jeff, uh, Jeff is a guy you got to see live, you know, whether we're together or not. But yeah, to answer your question, I'd love <laughs> To do more um, gigs with Jeff. That whole story blew my mind with uh, Rusty. Jeff did that prison show that, you know, he did the show in the prison. And now apparently during the show, one of the prisoners he talked to revealed something about a case. I I didn't get the specifics, but I think they reopened the case based on what that prisoner said. Do you know anything about this? I don't know. It's very Lindbergh, baby, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this is a red flag operation or not. But, uh, he, was, he was put in there as a plant, yeah. But it's- I, I think that's I think that that's kind of like, you know, like of all the people that he could have talked to, that's the guy he talked to. <laughs> right. And knowing Jeff, they'll probably pull him into like a Senate hearing. And have to, like, <laughs> That'd be great. Senators or something. Uh, so you've been up all night, and and uh, so I wanted to ask about like sleeping during the day. Do you need like blackout curtains, or can you sleep in the in the broad daylight? You know, I'm glad you brought up that blackout curtain thing because the first guy I knew who ever had them was Jim Norton, and I was like, Jim, how do you get these blackout curtains? And he's like, Yeah, man, I can sleep during the day this way because you know he also has like a weird schedule. He's a radio guy too, yeah. so you know he's up all in the morning and then he wants to sleep. But I would say that now it's like. I've kind of gotten used to just like sleeping without the blackout curtain. I think it's from being in these hotels all the time because sometimes they have a like total like you can't no light. Sometimes it's like you got to put a sock over your eyes. You got to radiate hostage it. Yeah, know? and a lot of times the, the, the curtains that actually block out the light don't. You pull that stick to move it across, and it doesn't go all the way. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I really, I, I really think that my calling would have been like reviewing these hotels because <laughs> some of them are amazing, some of them are not. And now there's these boutique hotels. Have you seen these ones? Yes. Yeah. They're the new thing out there, and I'm sure Philly has plenty of them because Philly's always like, a, like, hey, it's an old factory. Let's turn it into like an art gallery where you can also get a colonoscopy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of that going on out there, and it's weird that like, you know, 
it's creepy. You're coming home late at night. You're walking in a hotel lobby, and there's like all this like erotic art, and you're like, this is really creepy. Yeah. It's very full specter, if you ask me. You know, you're, I, well, I, I think we found your next, uh, yeah, YouTube. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Reviewing the boutique <laughs> hotels around the country. All right. Well, Dave, uh, it's great to check in with you, man. Thank you so much. Wonderful to have you on. Anytime you want to chat, let us know. Uh, but just to remind people, that, uh, there are shows next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But the only show that's got tickets left is Thursday at 930. Get them now. Thursday. Get your tickets now. Yeah, heliumcomedy.com. Uh, but otherwise, he's going to be a busy man. Uh, thanks, Dave. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, bud? Hey, guys, I hope the next time we uh, we hang, it's in studio because there's nothing like that. Yep. And uh, a big shout out. Happy New Year to all the uh, all the fans, you know, for um, uh, first of all, uh, for listening and supporting and just can't thank you enough. So thank you. All right. Awesome. You got to take care. David Tell, guys. Heliumcomedy.com uh, to get the tickets. He's right about the, the boutique hotels. I, I There was a time where I thought they were kind of neat. Yeah, I, fun to check out. Wait, why? Yeah, because I still do kind of think they're neat. I they're usually the beds uncomfortable. They're not the room yeah, is small. They're um, not as good. So yeah. they kind of I guess they use the whole it's a boutique thing. Yes, exactly. To kind they of decorate uh-huh. it, make it look kind of kitschy or yeah. modern or have a different look than your standard kind of kind of homey feeling hotel. Uh-huh. And I just find it to be not comfortable. So there's there's like a halfway between boutique and. Um, a regular hotel, and I stated a few of those. So, what 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 would be the average occupancy of a boutique hotel? 50, well, I, 50 rooms. Yeah, I mean, I think rooms? they're typically smaller. Right. I stayed in one in Nashville, and it was a Marriott. It was owned by Marriott, so um, it was not as nice as probably the nicer Marriott that was in the area. But like, it had cool amenities that that actually had blackout shades. Yeah. Um, and the like, they I don't know. It just had like little cool things in there. And actually, the beds were not uncomfortable there. But I have stayed in them where they're not great. Um, but I thought that's why I thought it was cool because that one I stayed at was good. The one in Chicago that we stayed at for the Hall of Fame yeah. was a boutique-ish hotel, yeah, yeah. and it was I just didn't find it that kind. It wasn't like I didn't oh, like my, the lighting. I'm like, man, we got to get out of here. I, yeah, it was kind of just it was okay. not yeah. crazy comfortable. Yeah, and I think that was that a, wasn't cozy. It was a W, and I think we stayed in a W in uh, in London as well, and it was like really dark. And uh, yeah, I the didn't. One in I, London was dark. Yeah, I'll really, tell you the one really the W we stayed at Preston when they had us come. Oh. Come out to L.A.? In Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Jeez. That was, yeah, that's a W. I enjoyed that's that That's for one. win. Yeah. Hey, was it, um, was it Matt Damon? It was a, a, some A-list actor who, I guess, when he got married, he ended up, like, Matt buying Damon. a... He bought a bed from a hotel because whatever hotel he stayed at, that bed was so comfortable. Mm. I will tell you the problem that we encounter, and this is the God's honest truth. <laughs> My... <laughs> Make sure this gets to the, the client. Sleep number bed. Uh, the sleep number bed is, is my own bed. Is is I? Uh, it, no matter how good the hotel bed is, it's not going to be as good as that. And so you get yeah. used to that. And it used to be nice to look forward to going to going to hotels. Oh, finally, I'll get a good night's sleep or I'll get a good bed. And that's the issue. So yeah, I have a certain standard when it comes to a hotel bed. There was a bed that showed up on my uh, Instagram feed that uh, it's it's essentially it's a dog bed for humans. And I saw it, and I, I saw it. I wanted it. I wanted lays, it. Okay, good. wait. The kind that lays on the floor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it it looks like it might even be like inflatable, but it's it's like real furry and fuzzy. It and looks almost bean baggish. Yes. But it but you just <gasps> press it. You just you just like disappear into it. You it's, saw it. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. love it. Uh, except I'd have nowhere to put it. I know. I'm such a sucker for those things, though. And it showed up, and and I probably send. 
I don't know, 50 to 60 percent of them to my wife saying, hey, can we cut this? And 99 percent of the time she says no. So I and I knew the answer would have been no for this one. But usually things like this that you see online that look like, ooh, ooh. and then you get them and they're like, no, oh, no. Uh, oh. There's a great one that that uh, it's a video that finally made it to uh, AFV, which is this. The, the, the woman is showing this is our our, 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 our party um, pool for the for the backyard. And you see like. There's like ten people in this pool, and you order it. Now, how can it be that like this? Oh yeah, and, yes. and the camera pans to the right, and it's, her two children are sitting in yes. it, and it's completely full. There's there's, yeah. there's, there's no way. Yeah. yeah, it's like hot tubs. You right. know, when it says it's a six person hot tub. Oh no 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 no, probably yep. three. Yep yep exactly. You definitely need to subtract two. Uh-huh. I got uh-huh. the inflatable hot tub, and, and Press came over. <laughs> it was me and Preston and his and Chuck, his son right? and Chuck, right? Yeah. And so Parker's he's tall too, right? Yeah yeah, he's a six-footer. <laughs> We were all playing footsies, not even footsies, but uh, like I feel like my my right big toe was in Preston's butt crack. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big fan of underwater, uh, um, you know, penetration uh-huh. in a hot tub. Yeah. All right, well, listen, uh, we should take a break and come back because some bizarre file stories are what we are going to do next. So make sure you stay with us. That will be around momentarily. The best rock in Philadelphia with MMR's Local Shots. Here and see more now at WMMR.com. Keyword, Local Shots. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks, Philly. Monoskin. Supermodel 93.3 WMMR. It's everything that rocks. I love the sound of that band, man. Do you know of any other Italian rock bands throughout the years? I can't really think of any. The uh, Rolling Stones, uh. The uh, Rolling Stones, uh? <laughs> What about the Gino Vanelli? I mean, he's Canadian, right? Yeah. Yeah, Canadian. he's just got an Italian name. I mean, straight from Italy, Italian. I'm trying to think, no. Uh, what about in the, the uh, in the heavy metal realm? Yeah, probably some that exist, but mm-hmm. I just I'm, I'm not familiar. Anyway, they're a great band. Great song. Nick brought up a bunch of uh, Italian rock bands, and there's just none that I've ever heard of. Well, I guess Rage they... Against the Linguini. Oh, Rage Against the Linguini. Okay. <laughs> uh, I guess they, these uh, maybe don't uh, sing in English and therefore wouldn't translate right. all that well in oh. uh, America. There's a guy I follow on uh, Twitter, not Twitter, uh, Instagram. Uh, his name is like Giacomo. And, uh, oh, gosh. Are we Giacomo to... Finane? <laughs> no, Giacomo. Man, he is a super talented uh, guitarist, and I always thought he was American, as it turns out. No, he's he's from Italy, but, dude, he... Okay. He's a, you know, press, I... Uh, is, he, I is he a thrasher, or what is No, he? no, no, he's tasty. Okay. Um, but uh, I, fo- I found him on, there's a, a, a handle that I follow called Coffee Music. Okay. And I think I've uh, floated that uh, across your bow as well, press. But, uh, yeah, Coffee Music, well, they just kind of find these... In, you know, independent musicians that are really talented. and huh. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Very good. Um, we have some Bizarre File stories. So let's dive into them. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre File. All right. We'll begin with a story in Egypt. Uh, the balls on these guys. Uh, Egyptian authorities have arrested three people for trying to steal a millennia-old 10-ton statue of Pharaoh Ramses II. Yeah. What? Yes. There's a ton of looting there. Like, 
You're going to go to a pawn shop? Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do with this? Uh, so the defendants you were... You can use it to hide your weed. Caught in a... <laughs> put your weed in there. In a quarry south of the city of Aswan with uh, manual digging equipment and a crane. They are suspected of planning to lift the Colossus out of the ground and to excavate antiquities in the area. The prosecutor's office said, adding that it had ordered three defendants... Uh, held for custody for four days pending investigation and asked the police to quickly investigate others who were involved in the crime. Uh, an investigation of the suspect's uh, cell phones revealed that they had sent video clips of digging operations and what appeared to be ancient statues via social messaging apps. Ramses II, one of the most famous pharaohs of the 19th dynasty, ruled for 67 years. He was known as a great warrior and prolific builder who ordered the construction of temples across Egypt. And uh, Egypt has lost countless antiquities to looters, both individuals and foreign governments. Yes, I watched a documentary on it, Preston, the elaborate. In fact, even back then, they would go to great lengths to foil people who were doing this. Uh, that's why uh, King Tutankhamun's um, his, his mausoleum or his crypt was has a couple of diversions in it that will mm-hmm. confuse people. It's, yeah. it's to foil all that stuff. Yeah, and they said that uh, back then they didn't have enough people to protect all those right. sites. And and now what's happening, this is completely different than the Bizarre File, a lot of these uh, go- countries are starting to return these artifacts right. uh, that were taken. From the Valley back. of the Kings. The uh, There's one called the Marbles uh, from the, uh, the Parthenon. Uh, that's being returned, mm. uh, and it's these huge statues that were just taken. They were just, they were just <laughs> actually crazy. lifted and yeah. taken. So it's it's really interesting stuff. A snowboarder caused chaos after he crashed into the skiers behind him. Uh, this I'll explain how it happened behind him. Uh, the 18 year old from Hungary was riding the Rosenrans uh, Rosenkranz ski toe at Austrian ski resort last week. When the seat he was using slipped out from between his legs, and then he desperately tried to hold on to his seat and stop him from falling, but soon he lost his grip and began sliding down the slope into skiers using the lift behind him. So he's just oh, knocking Jesus. these people out of the way. I guess it was kind of like a T-bar. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. It sounds that way. <clears throat> so he then wiped out the skiers behind him one by one, leaving a trail of destruction. They were knocked off their seats as the snowboarder continued to gain speed, leaving them behind. One victim suffered injuries serious enough to warrant a rescue from a helicopter. Wow. While three others also needed treatment at a nearby hospital. But instead of staying to help the many fallen skiers, uh, the snowboarder apparently just took off and, and snowboarded down the uh, the slope. It's bad cricket, man. So uh, it is it's a T-bar, right? That's what he's being pulled on right there, right? Yeah, it's like some type of tow cable. Yeah. And so he was uh, he has been arrested <laughs> by the police. They oh found him, and he's just he's knocking these people out. On the way down. Oh, jeez. He's no. watching the people. footage. And, yeah, a couple of them got hurt oh pretty God. bad. Wow. So, I'm surprised yeah. that doesn't happen more often. Yeah. Uh, Frank Norviel had, for months, has uh, harassed his gay neighbors uh, by standing along the fence, separating their property, or riding his bicycle past their home, shouting slurs, shining lights, and making homophobic remarks to them. Sounds like a prince. Uh, Norviel allegedly would scream, it's not Adam and Steve, while squeaking a rubber chicken. Uh, that was in one incident in particular. Okay. Uh, the 57-year-old Norvell also told one of the couple's children, listen to this, that he would kill the family's cat and eat it with teriyaki sauce. Uh, and when the boy objected, he told the child to shut up and sex- suggested he perform sex acts on his parents like they trained you to do. Dear God. A what court- a ray of sunshine. Yeah. A court granted two temporary injunctions, injunctions for prosecutions. 
uh, that forbid Norvell for coming, from coming within 10 feet from the couple's vehicles. But he violated those terms the following morning oh. when police viewed security footage showing him hoisting a pair of dirty underwear over the couple's driveway with a bamboo pole and then placing a white cross on top of their fence. Uh, a deputy saw lights and heard noises coming from his backyard Tuesday night and went onto the property to investigate. The man came out of his home screaming and accusing law enforcement of trespassing. The deputy grabbed one of Norville's arms to keep him from barricading himself inside the home, but he tried to push away and knocked both of them to the ground. After calling for assistance, the deputy was able to place one handcuff on Norville's wrist, which he swung around and struck the deputy in the arm. Uh, the deputies then used a taser to subdue him. After a warning, and then they were able to take him into custody. He was charged with a battery on a law enforcement officer, resisting, violating injunction of, uh, injunction of protection, and aggravated stalking. He remains held without bond for a February 6th court hearing. Imagine having that charmer next door to you. Man. Authorities in Central California rescued a woman and her newborn baby after the woman had just given birth in a flooded riverbed on Monday. Officials discovered the woman actively giving birth with the father present at the scene. The child was delivered prematurely with the father's assistance. All this occurred as they were surrounded by water flowing through the riverbed. They they opted for that instead of a hospital? Uh, Luckily, all three were rescued and the child was taken along with the mother. Due to the circumstances of the child's birth, police say an investigation has been opened and Child Welfare Services has been notified. Meanwhile, sinkholes swallowed cars and floodwaters swamped towns and swept a small boy as California was racked by more wild winter. Uh, While well, the next system is powerful uh, in a powerful string of storms that loomed on the horizon Tuesday. Yeah, there's a terrible story about a little six boy. Six-year-old, right? Yeah, six or five, yeah, but yeah. he was washed away. It was just absolutely terrible. Uh, a man who narrowly missed being hit by a rock slide in Malibu... <sighs> is speaking out after the terrifying moment. On Monday, Maurice Hanao was walking to his car across uh, the PCH outside his home when he stopped to answer his cell phone. He said, my girlfriend called me and said, hey, can you go get my bag that I left there? So I went back inside and I heard rumbling outside. That rumbling was a rock slide, a giant boulder that came down from the hillside, crushed his car, and landed where he would have been sitting if he hadn't stopped to answer his phone. Uh, he said, that rock is the size of the whole roof. Could have hurt anybody or killed somebody. I feel like it's almost a final destination move, but in real life. Uh, with one car totaled and another damaged, it was hard not to be uh, to let some catastrophic thoughts of what could have been creep in. He said, after the roommate saw what happened to my car, they were a little shook up and a little traumatized. And I said, uh, I wonder if this big mountainside is just going to come into the whole house. Uh, so they left for the evening and went somewhere else. Oh yeah, there's some. Sometimes you'll drive along those roads and you'll see freshly fallen rocks or boulders, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, you actually see that on 76 as well. Yeah, well, and, uh, um, there was the, a tree. Do you see that big tree that no, had fallen down? Uh, no, but okay. I saw on the, on the Blue Route North right before you get to 76. Uh, there's a rock side that came down a really? few months ago. Yeah, and and you can't miss it. They're boulders the size of uh, size of cars. Wow. Uh, so if you're on the Blue Route North right before you get to 76, it's on the right hand side. And he was handling the scare with good humor and is hoping to extend his luck. He said, "I feel like I should play the lottery now." All right, and there you go. That is. The last story in the ah. bizarre file. We're going to break. We're going to come back in a second. We'll get to the lesson question, the trash, the music news, and you'll be with us. Stay with us. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. Uh, on, on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. 
Get more from your store with Acme's Fresh Pass program and enjoy more services like unlimited free delivery on all your grocery needs. More exclusive perks like 5% off every day on your favorite O organic or open nature items across the stores and more rewards that never expire. And now enjoy a limited time offer and save up to $5 per pickup order with a Fresh Pass subscription. Start your 30-day free trial today. Visit acmemarkets.com slash freshpass for program details. Service available in select areas. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So we've done all our looks at traffic. That means we need to do something else, and that would be today's lesson question. And we have your opportunity today to win a pair of tickets for Bruce O'Rama, which is coming up in April at the Keswick Theater, April 14th, to be more specific. Uh, The question I think i got to go with is, uh, which textiles does Elvis definitely know about? Two one five two six three WMMR. Which textiles does Elvis definitely know about? I couldn't think of the word this morning, but Elvis knew it. Two one five two six three WMMR. If you heard and you know, we need you to call because we got a prize for you if you get it right. All right, we're gonna do the trash while you call in. The trash business is a gold mine. 3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, stories. Let's get them. Steve, what's going on this morning? Well, speaking of Elvis, after winning a Golden Globe Award for his performance as Elvis, Austin Butler was asked by a reporter why his speaking style now consistently sounds like the legendary singer. A grinning butler responded saying, quote, it's a funny thing, but your mom's a whore. Hey! The View's sunny host... Revealing in an interview that she recently had a number of cosmetic procedures. Houston says she finally realized that uh, even if the f- procedures were a disaster, she'd still look great because she sits next to Joy Behar. Oh. And finally, disgraced Hollywood movie producer Harvey Weinstein on Tuesday, get this, asked New York's highest court to overturn his 2020 sexual assault conviction. Once the judge was able to compose himself after his laughing fit, he thanked Weinstein, saying, thanks, I needed that. (laughs) (laughs) And that's your Hollywood trash. All right, we're looking for a winner, someone who knows the answer to this question. Uh, Which textiles does Elvis definitely know? 215-263-WMMR. We will go to Bill and see if Bill... Oh, Billy. Indeed knows the answer. Hey, Bill, good morning. Oh, Billy. <laughs> yes. All right, Billy, what uh, textiles Elvis know? Fabric. Fabrics. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Especially felt. Uh, hang on the line, Bill. We're going to set you up. You just got yourself a pair of tickets to see Bruce Arama. Uh, two events and one fun night hosted by cult film star Bruce Campbell. Friday, April 14th at the Keswick Theater. Part one is a last fan standing interactive trivia question. For fans of fantasy, horror, sci-fi, superheroes, and gaming, everyone in the audience gets to participate. And then part two is called a Groovy Bruce movie screening, including a Q&A with Bruce. Tickets go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. via AXS.com. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. All right, we have some sad news to report. Amusing news, we covered it earlier in the entertainment report this morning, but legendary, groundbreaking Jeff Beck, guitarist, uh, passed away at 78 years old. It was a sudden illness. He had bacterial meningitis, and it came on very quickly, and he passed away. Sir Rod Stewart and uh, Ronnie Wood have uh, led tributes for the groundbreaking Jeff Beck, one of the greats of all time. 
Uh, the pair said that uh, Beck, with whom they conquered the U.S. in the late 1960s, and the Jeff Beck group have been had been on another planet. The Grammy-winning musician rose to prominence with the Yardbirds and went on to front uh, along with uh, the Jeff Beck group, but uh, Beck, Bogart, and a piece, and have successful solo careers. Uh, Beck died peacefully on Tuesday after uh, the diagnosis of bacterial meningitis. Uh, Johnny Depp was one of the people that was, was there with him. It was when bedside. He, yeah. When um, he, you know, he, he was brought in to replace Clapton, and uh, he... Um, he had that same sort of, uh, you know, you know, his playing was just so fluid and, and effortless. But, man, the stuff that he did, and as you said earlier, Preston, it's not like you'd put on, you know, Beck Solo stuff or whatever, but you knew what he contributed to and yeah. just made everything so much better. What is this we're listening to? This is uh, Live in the Dark, Alive in the Dark. Here's the deal. I will say this. Um, I don't know anything about Jeff Beck. Okay. And so when, and I know that he's revered in, in the world of, of rock and the world of music, but... I couldn't tell you anything about him. So when I put this song in there, because I, I know Freeway Jam, but I was like, I've never heard of or heard this song. So I couldn't tell you if it's Live in the Dark or Live okay. in the Dark. All right. Uh, and according to uh, the uh, to Rod Stewart, he wrote, Jeff Beck was on another planet. He took me and Ronnie Wood to the USA in the late 1960s and his band, the Jeff Beck Group, and we haven't looked back since. Uh, he was one of the few guitarists when playing live would actually listen to me sing and respond. I uh, said, Jeff, you were the greatest, my man. Thank you for everything, R.I.P. Watch the video of People Get Ready uh, because they're, you know, there's a moment at the end where they're just bear-hugging each other. They're having such a good time. Uh, Ron Wood, also known as a key member of the Rolling Stones, uh, shared pictures of them together along with other famous faces, including Johnny Depp and Slash. He said, now Jeff is gone. Uh, I feel like one of my band of brothers has left this world, and I'm going to dearly miss him, he wrote. Uh, and he said, I'm sending uh, much sympathy to Sandra, his family, and all those who loved him. I want to thank him for all of our early days together in the Jeff Beck group, Conquering America. Musically, we were breaking all the rules. It was a fantastic, groundbreaking rock and roll group. Uh, listen to the uh, incredible track, Plinth. In his honor, uh, Jeff, I will always miss you. God bless. Uh, God bless. I'll play a song for you that I have on uh, on some of my playlists uh, that I love. Uh, it's an instrumental, and it's his cover of um, the Beatles. Uh, She's a woman, uh, and every time I have, you know, I usually like have this playing when I'm playing golf, right? And somebody will go, "Who is this?" And I'm, I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's Jeff Beck," and it's just this cool little version of it. It's uh, going case right up so. And you'll hear the uh, the Melody Hughes uh, talk box in this. But he always, he has this jazzy flavor that he really, really loved. Here we go. And it's just all instrumental, but yeah. you can hear you can hear the, the melody to uh, She's a Woman uh, throughout it. But he played with some of the greats, man. I remember at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony when uh, the Yardbirds were inducted, and he's up there with uh, with Clapton and Jimmy Page, and he goes, if I remember correctly, uh, he goes, I don't know why I'm here. They kicked me out of the band. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> so I don't know if he was all, it was all joking or a little bit of truth in that, and kind of like, why? When, you guys didn't want me. You kicked me out. Yeah, when are the Grammys? Uh, they, they were... In the next couple of months, right? Usually, yeah. yeah. It's, it's in yeah. the first quarter of the year. I wonder if yeah, he'll probably make it into the in memoriam. It's not too oh, late. Yeah, right? yeah, okay. definitely. Do we have some free jam, freeway jam here? Uh, yeah. yeah. That's such a cool song. 
And they, they're making a point about Preston, how he used um, the feedback. He was yeah. one of the first to use that. Yeah. But as you can imagine, all the uh, the rock um, royalty are are posting about him. I was, you know, obviously I follow Rush on on uh, um, uh, social media, and both Alex and Getty have posted things, and and Gene Simmons and and uh, Mick Jagger, and all all these people. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne, uh, uh, Brian May was good friends with him. And Eddie all... Van Halen had been a a fan. Yeah. You know, you think of the the towering guitar legends. We yep. lost. Yep. So if you've never spent some time with Jeff Beck, it's, uh, it's you know, it's sad that we do this when uh, when somebody passes away, but that's what happens. But uh, go in and uh, take a little musical journey uh, today in honor of Jeff Beck. But it's just sad news because it was so sudden, so quickly out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah. All right. A couple of other stories uh, to mention. Fall Out Boy has announced uh, their new song, Love from the Other Side, will be released next Wednesday. Uh, and they tweeted lots more to come soon. Uh, the announcement was accompanied by a short teaser video with Patrick Stump uh, singing Sending My Love from the Other Side of the Apocalypse, and I've just about snapped Don't Look Back, Every Lover's Got a Little Dagger in Their Hand. So that's one of the lines from that. By the way, the Grammys are February 5th, Casey. Okay. So, yeah, they would, they'll would they definitely have to do a tribute uh, or, or in memoriam for Jeff Beck. The full track listing uh, to U2's new album, Songs of Surrender, has been announced. Uh, the 40-track collection is based around the concept of Bono's recent uh, memoir and is broken down as a two-record set with each member being represented by a single side of music. Uh, Songs of Surrender, which drops March 17th, will be available as a full 40-track digital set, limited edition 40-track double CD with hardback deluxe book and limited edition 40-track for vinyl collection. Which freaking songs are on there? Uh, a lot of freaking songs. So I'll, I'll, I'm not going to mention them all because there's 40 of there's them. There's a lot of them. But I'll point out the highlights. Uh, one, Where the Streets Have No Name, Beautiful Day, Bad, Walk On, Pride. And these are all, they've reworked them, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's my understanding. Uh, who's Going to Ride Your Wild Horses, Stuck in a Moment You Can't Get Out of. Great song. Red Hill Mining Town. Oh, another great one. One of my all-time favorites. Uh, City of Blinding Lights, Vertigo, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For, Desire, All I Want Is You, Fly, With or Without You, Stay. Uh, Sunday, Bloody Sunday, I Will Follow, Two Hearts Beat is One, uh, and it ends with, which I think is cool, uh, 40 is the last song, because uh, that was a that was a, uh, a set a show closer, for yeah. them uh, for many years. So, pow, and that's coming out. And I think, is that all I have? Really? Wow. Yeah, hey, that's all I got. Maybe you should read all 40 then. All right. Okay. What would you? <laughs> no, there's a bunch of other songs. Yeah. So a lot of them I'm not familiar with. But uh, they're uh, deep cuts. What would you expect to pay for this amazing record collection? <laughs> are they reworked songs or are they uh, outtakes, like uh, um, <sighs> studio cuts? I thought they were reworked. All right. 40 track collection based around the concept. Freaking amazing. Uh, it, here's, here's, what the, um, here's what Edge had to say about the official announcement. He said, music uh, allows you to time travel and we become curious to find out what it would be like to bring our early songs back with us to the present day and give them the benefit or otherwise of a 21st century reimagining. Okay, cool. So there you go. He said, what started out as an experiment quickly developed into a personal obsession as so many of our songs yielded to a new interpretation. Intimacy replaced post-punk urgency. New tempos, new keys, and in some cases, new chords and new lyrics arrived. A great song, it turns out, is kind of indestructible. Patience was replaced by incontinence. He said the process 
of selecting which songs to revisit started with a series of demos. I looked at how a song would hang together if if all but the bare essential elements were taken away. The other main aim was to find ways to bring intimacy into the songs, as most of them were originally written with live concert performance in mind. Reviewing the sketch recordings with producer Bob Ayers Ezrin, uh, it was very easy to see the ones that worked straight off the bat and those that needed more work. We all got into the sensibility of less is more. Yeah, I dig that. It'll be kind of stripped down. All right. And that is indeed all I have for music news this morning. What say we take a break, come back, wrap up the program, get the letter of the day, and then hand it over to Pierre. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Glad you asked. Ozzy Osbourne. Godsmack. The Struts. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WNMR. A Thursday coming to an end for us beginning for many others. No sad bro? No sad bro is tomorrow. Yep, but uh, we're, it's kind of officially Friday for us now, but hopefully you shortly. Uh, thank you to Mr. David Tell for being on our show morning, uh, this morning. Uh, t- tomorrow. <laughs> I, what? I just, I, I keep thinking things. <laughs> I keep thinking of what I want to say and it's not what comes out of my mouth. Yeah, right. uh, maybe I should keep Will's, Smith's wife's name, name out of my mouth. Know. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, so, David Tell is going to be performing Helium Comedy Club next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The only uh, tickets that remain are Thursday night's show at 9.30. So, if you want to get those, better get them fast. HeliumComedy.com. It was nice to have uh, Dave on this morning. Good to see you, Pierre. How are you? Great. Thank you. Um, I loved what he had to say about you guys and your support of um, local comedy. Uh uh, you, you've really gained a, quite a reputation mm. in the comedic community, and um, you know someone of his stature uh, acknowledging that um, you, you you know you it's very cool. You didn't pause on that as I wouldn't think you would, but that's really cool. Yeah, to yeah. get that yeah. acknowledgement. Yeah, really nice of him to, uh, and and we've heard that from from others as well, which is yeah. greatly appreciated. So, but I mean, you give a lot of time to comedians, and you don't um, when they come in. You know, sometimes on a morning show, the host will expect them to do, like, their act. Right. Yeah. Um, you don't do that. You yeah. know, you talk to them as people and see how they are and see what they're up to. And, and comedy creeps into it. And occasionally a little snippet of the act will come in. But uh, I really like that approach. Yeah. we in you got to feel out the comedian because sometimes they do want to do their material. Right. And other times... We just want to talk and, That's and, and hang yeah. out. And we'll do either one, but I, but I do like the talk and hang thing a little bit better. Well, Carson would uh, he would know their act, yeah, right? and so he would ask a question that would trigger, right. You know, a comedic response. But you know, he only had like five six minutes <laughs> with each guest, so yeah. you do what you can in that amount of time. Yeah. And he was brilliant, also uh, in that there was a comedian I forget who it was, but he's told the story. Um, he delivered the punchline and. Um, the uh, the audience started laughing from his last last thing, and his pun- it was such a great punchline. Carson reset it and was laughing so that everyone would hear it. Yeah, that's, you know, it, like, that's what the, the 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 pros do. You know, yeah, you yeah, right. Tomatoes are rotten. Oh my god, and he's laughing. Whatever the line was, right. and it was such a it was such a 
uh, compliment to that, you know, comedian or artist yeah. to do that. You ever done the stand-up routine? Ever been up on stage? Once I did. Did you really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, DeBella used to do uh, uh, host uh, a thing at a place called the Comedy Factory Outlet, which was somewhere in Old City. And um, uh, this guy Clay Harry ran it. And he was the kind of house comedian. He was on every Friday with John. And um, they... Did you, and write John, your own, did you write your own material? Well, I solicited jokes from people okay. over the right. course of the week. So John would John would host every Friday night, and he also gave a lot of love and a lot of time to uh, comedians, and I believe still does. Uh, but um, he was going to be out, and so they asked me if I'd like to do it. And a lot of routines I would see I found offensive, and so I'm going, how can I possibly do this? And then, so I got these corny jokes from right. people, and I and I had to write them down. And I had to have like a teleprompter, you know. <laughs> but I went up and did my, you know, goofy little thing, and then I introduced the five comedians who were just rank and <laughs> and foul and saying horrible things that I would never approve of. Mwah. It was the eighties, and yeah. it was it was a little more sexist, a little more racist, a little more homophobic, and. Um, and I'm going, and I'm doing, you know, why did the farmer get the eggs? Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and I had them on a little, on a little, uh, podium and, you know, people politely laughed because right. they knew the, they knew what the bit was going to be. And then this just, just unveiling of hideousness came with, uh, with the rest of the comedians. And that ended your comedy career. That was it. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we ask of you a letter, if you're ready. I give to you a letter. All right. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the daily letter. We will take it that letter. The Preston and Steve Show is brought to you today by the letter... O as in orange. Oh, that's not wow. even a word. Orange. Orange. Uh, we have $300 to give away, and we'll give it away tomorrow. That's all I have to say about that. Yes, uh, that's all you need yep. to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's up on the program today, sir? Uh, Pat Benatar. I've not done a block of her in some time. She had a birthday earlier this week, and I wanted to get to it. We'll do that in the workforce block. Rob Zombie, we have a letter for. And with the news of Jeff Beck's passing, we'll conclude the blocks with a nice big block of Jeff Beck. So many great songs. Yeah. I'd never heard the Beatles number that you just played. It's great. I uh, love it. But he's done so many cool things. He does a great uh, cover of Greensleeves. Though, yes. You know. It's excellent. Um, so many songs, you know. And then he got back together. Uh, Rod Stewart started out as the singer of the Jeff Beck group. And um, then, you know, they went different ways. And Rod asked him back in the mid to late 80s for People Get Ready. Yeah. And uh, you know, and his guitar on that is just shining. Another great song we played some of today is uh, Infatuation, was yes. from that pairing, too. Yeah. So it's a- and you did a little freeway jam uh, yeah. there towards the end of your discussion of him. Uh, it's some great stuff. So we will uh, do our best to honor him. Wonderful. All right. Thank you, Pierre. And I'll thank our sponsors, too. The Preston Steve Show is brought to you today by Duncan. Uh, the Preston Steve Show runs on Duncan. Also, Acme Markets, Fresh Foods, Local Flavors, and brought to you by Bergie's Cadillac of Plymouth Meeting. Visit Bergie'sCadillac.com today. Uh, tomorrow, Steve said it's No Sad Bro Friday and all its No Sad Broness. <laughs> we will bring to you. Uh, we'll give away what we have to give away and we'll talk about what we want to talk yeah. about. That's what we'll do. Yeah, right? we yeah. are No Sad Bronies, right? All right, that's it. We're done. Rage on. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Preston and Steve. WMMR. Hey everybody, it's good to have you on the bat ba 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 
Griffith Energy Services is celebrating 125 years in business. We're offering $250 off an AC or heat pump, plus special financing with approved credit. Contact Griffith Energy Services today for this offer and many more as we celebrate our 125th anniversary. Griffith specializes in train, but surfaces all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Griffith Energy Services. Dog on dependable. License number MTHVACR012278.